TV real quick. But I got headphones yeah. in so I can hear. Well, that's cool. We're live and recording now. So welcome to the Town Wednesday podcast as I pick my nose. Uh, <laughs> I'm super excited so, to be doing this, man. I'm fucking excited, too, just because I get to talk to all my old friends so that I, you know, basically I just make up an excuse of why I should other than just assaulting you people with memes and going, hey, I love you and I miss your face, <laughs> which it's fair. It's, it's, it, it has its time and place. Yeah. So is that your beautiful baby boy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on stay-at-home dad duty. Fuck yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. No. How old is he? Um, he's four months, just under. He's nice. Too. He's like almost it's like seventeen pounds. It hurts my back. It hurts my neck. I just learned you know how to roll means. over. So you, you have to What's start that? doing pull-ups again. Dude, no, I gave up those muscles years ago. I retired on the day I got out. My last PFT, I, uh, what was his name? Gunny, Gunny James, the uh, QAQI chief. He, okay. uh, big dude. Like, uh, Sergeant Major, he's like, oh, you got to do your final PFT. And I like kept that final uh, physical paperwork on my person for 90 days. I'm like, no, I'm not running. I'm not doing anything. Sergeant Major said so. I'm like, cool, all right, let's go. So I did my final PFT like two weeks before I got out. I uh, jumped up. He's like, can you do three pull-ups? I'm like, of course I can. So I got up there. I'm like, E-A-S. And then I just jumped down. And he was furious. Um, the Gunny or the Sergeant Major? Gunny. Sergeant Major wasn't there because it was just my shop. It was me, Lynch, and uh, or no, me, Chandler, Gunny Chandler, and Redmond. And Redmond was actually trying to promote, so he actually tried. I obviously didn't care because I was getting out. And Redmond's like, you can do that? I'm like, you do whatever you want. And Guy James like, no, you can't. I'm like, whatever, man, you do you. When I uh, did the run and I, I hit 28 minutes at the mile and a half mark because I just drugged my feet the entire time. He's like, do you not care? I'm like, no, I don't. Like I'm getting out. My my uh, MOS has been locked out for I think two years for Sergeant. Like there was no way it was gonna happen. So I'm like, what's even the point? Like, what are you gonna promote me when I'm a civilian? Like, get out of here. Like, I don't I don't care. He I did make me go picked up Sergeant afterwards though. Yeah, there were a couple of people that picked up on like terminal. Yeah. Which I kinda wish I, I like looking back, I should have tried because then it just bumps my, my disability a little bit, but not by enough. Yeah, I uh, I have zero disability. I don't even have fucking tinnitus. I'm like, all right, whatever. How? Dude, they can't prove you don't have it. You're just I'm not a liar, you. though. Yeah, but what's that going to get me? Like, <laughs> that gets me 28 cents, I think. I'm like, it's not even worth get, the time to go to the VA. I get $165 a month for it. Uh, okay. And then I just redid all my, um, what's it called? I, I don't know, I essentially argued the fact that they denied everything else. So I'm in the process of that. I had to go see like six doctors in two weeks, follow up on a bunch of stuff. So hopefully it goes through. Like it'd be cool if I got my sleep apnea because I've heard that's like 50%. So I'm a hundred percent unsure of any of that. All I know is I used the, 
GI Bill for a little bit until mm-hmm. I realized how much I absolutely blow fucking chunks at math. By the way, chunks is a dude. Um, <laughs> and did the VA home loan thing. And then in New York, if you submit some paperwork, I forget what the fuck it is, but basically state and local property taxes just get fucking wiped out by being a veteran. Like my sister found me the paperwork. It was like insanely hard to find, but she's a nurse at a VA clinic near Chicago. So she's just like, Hey, I found this. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That's awesome. Like, well, Good for you. This is amazing. Because taxes yeah. out there are ridiculous, aren't they? Like, it's I not mean, like California, but it's still New York, isn't it? You know? New York is more by county, though. So, like, out where I live wow. in West Bumfuck, like, it's, I consider it reasonable. But the town that I was living in when I was married uh, was the rich town of the county. I didn't find it to be anything particularly bad. No, but still zero is better than something. Zero is better than seven, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But and you know, good. the property wasn't like ridiculously priced. My house cost 120 grand and it was 15, 1600 square feet. It's good for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's an also an economically depressed area. Yeah, that happens. That I got lucky out here. Those pull out, right? Crazy, crazy. What happens? Almost like Detroit wasn't an example enough. Happened roughly around the same time. Well, that oh, that sucks. That's even worse. Yeah, like that oh, eighties steel mill pull out, and then I think the only thing that's left there is Purina's in the next town over. And also Wells ice cream. You wouldn't know Wells, but you'd know them by their other brands of Blue Bunny and Halo Top. Oh, okay. Well, at least so there. Yeah, there's a few things, and there's also a college in that town, which is why it's um, so high fucking priced, because oh, yeah. they always know that they're going to have. It's. I describe there's always it somebody as. Gonna live there. I describe it as a like a military base facility, but like mm-hmm. they don't have money, and uh, you know they can go outside whenever they want. <laughs> it's like that oh, it's, and you know, and it's really great because in the summers they're gone. Yeah, that's nice. Yep. Yeah. No, I I did similar kind of stuff. Like I got out. I I didn't do anything for. The first couple of years, like, as soon as I got out, I filed my disability just because somebody told me to. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, yeah, just write everything down. I was like, all right, cool. My knee hurts. My back hurts. You know, all this stuff. And they're like, ah, tonight's and denied all the other things. Um, I tried to get actual hearing loss because you know, we stood next to you know the Osprey for five years. And, you know, when I deployed as Harriers and all the other things. And I went to this civilian doctor because I guess the VA doctor was like booked out for like a year. And she goes, oh, you definitely have hearing loss. Uh, not enough to get paid for it, but it's definitely there. So that was the end of it. But like, you remember 10% something crazy? What's that? You remember Stumba? Mm-hmm. He actually went in with a hearing waiver. Really? Yeah. 
I didn't know you could uh, do that. I didn't either. And like, I, I lived with the dude for years and I had no idea. He was legitimately deaf when he came in. I thought he was just fucking with me all the time. And he was like, <laughs> what? I can't hear you. <laughs> and like, so me and my girlfriend went down there for New Year's to North Carolina to like go hang out mm -hmm. with him and like, New Year's, I haven't seen my bestie in a while. And like, he's wearing hearing aids. I'm like, why are you wearing hearing aids? He's like, because I'm deaf. I'm like, did you go to the VA for it? He's like, what i'm like you go to the va for it it's just like dude i went in with a waiver i can never go to the va for anything hearing related i'm like what the fuck he's like yeah man chainsaws and guns growing up i'm like holy shit i mean we'll do it I was kind of I was like, the... oh yeah but yeah it's like wild i'm like i had no idea you were deaf I just thought he didn't pay attention when people were talking. <laughs> I just walked around with a coffee cup and a clipboard. That's like all I do. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah, no, totally, for sure. I just don't pay attention. Yeah, he's a... That's my deaf best friend, and I'm just like, son of a bitch. That sucks. He should have lied. Yeah. <laughs> Could have gotten actual disability. <laughs> He should have like just like had somebody. Well, I guess it was two thousand two, two thousand three. It's like somebody teach you the button pad and just be like, "Yeah, beep, beep." beep. I still don't wait know ten that seconds. I've done it so many times. Uh, the V eight said that I lied, or that uh, there's no way that I failed five hearing tests in a row because I was on a boat when I did it. Like when I was so when I was deployed, I went and did the hearing test because it was like they required it for whatever reason. Um, mm -hmm. And I went through there and like, I walk out in the dock. He's just like, bro, why didn't you hit the buttons? And I'm like, cause I didn't hear the beeps. He goes, stop trying to fail a hearing test. We don't care. It's not going to change your disability rating. I'm like, what are you talking? Like I had zero concept of any of this. And I'm like, I'm just trying to do this so I can go back to work. Like, I thought you weren't hitting them. I thought you didn't turn it on. And he's like, no. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I didn't hear any beeps. Like, I heard a few, and I pressed the button. Like, I did what I was supposed to. He goes, all right, we're going to do this again. So he put me back in there. And I, I was actually, like, trying to listen. And I pressed the button every time I heard a beep. And he walks up. He goes, why didn't you hit the button? And I'm like, because I didn't hear anything. He's like, all right. They take me into the other room. Like, they flush my ears out. They're like, you cannot go on the flight deck for the next 24 hours. You cannot let, do, do not put headphones in. Don't do any of that. Just don't, don't be exposed to anything loud and then come back and do it again tomorrow. Like, All right, cool. So go the next day, did everything the doc said because like, the docs fucked me up a couple times. Like I would avoid, uh, I avoided the anthrax, like the third or fourth round of anthrax. And they ended up tricking me, trapping me in the med bay. And then uh, one of them was a bodybuilder. That was fucking huge. <laughs> nicest guy in the world. Like, honest, guy, like, nicest man I've ever met. And then I just come around. I'm like, hey, Doc, where's your flight gear? And he's just like, what flight gear? I'm like, oh, shit. And I look over, and the chief is standing there reading a paper. He's like, you fucked up, boy. Because he was from, he, uh, he had this thick Irish accent because the fucker was from Ireland. He just says, you fucked up, boy. And I'm like, oh, no. And they fucking tackled me. And then a third one comes out of nowhere. And I just see this fucking needle. And I'm just fighting for my fucking life. 
And I like I remember going in and I swear he put it in the bone and I'm just like, it's in the bone, you fucking cocksucker. I fucking hate you. Fuck you. They let me up and they're like, all right, let's go, uh, you know, they let me go for that. But like I fucked up with the docs a few times. So like I'm not trying to get that treatment again. So I'm doing everything they say. So I go in, I do the hearing things again, I fail. And it happened like, like I said, like four or five times. And they're like, all right, they document it. They do their thing. I'm like, all right, cool. They're like, well, nothing we can do for you. You're fucking deaf now. I'm like, all right. And I just go back to work. You know, doing the same shit we always did. Like, nothing changed. I didn't try and improve my hearing health or whatever. Like, I just didn't get the I'm like, I'm deaf now, so it can't get worse. Get out. Tell all this stuff to the, uh, to the, the hearing doctor in the civilian world. And she's just like, she failed five times. I'm like, yeah. And they're just like, but they didn't pay you. I'm like, no, they told me that it wasn't a valid test because I did it on a boat. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I did it on a ship. They're like, so it wasn't in like a soundproof box. I'm like, no, it was absolutely in a soundproof box. And they're just like, so you failed five times. I'm like, yeah, but they don't believe you. I'm like, no, they're like, where's the documentation? I'm like, I don't know. The VA lost my entire medical record. So the only record they had was that I got a TB test in like June of 2007, somewhere in Texas. When in June of 2007, I was deployed and I was in like Spain or Sicily or somewhere like I was somewhere in, you know, the Middle East or, you know, playing that game over there. They're like, oh, don't know what to tell you. Government money at its finest. And these are, this is why I don't understand why people want socialized, standardized medicine in America. I'm like, I'm like, no, trust me, you don't. Anybody that's been to the VA will tell you, don't. I will pay for health care because it gets me health care. Pretty much. I can do it so yeah. much faster and easier. Like, Yeah. Like, I've gotten really good care at the VA. Like, I've been in there mm-hmm. a few times, like, actually sick, like, into the ER. Because the trick to it is, and I learned this, like, working in healthcare, was um, if you go to the VA and you're, like, a primary VA uh, patient, if you're actually sick and they can't handle it, they ship you out to whatever most appropriate hospital is. And the VA pays for everything. But if you just go to that hospital, there's a chance that the VA may not pay for it. So like if I get shot for whatever reason, I'm walking to the VA hospital telling them I've been shot and then they're going to send me to a trauma center and then it's all paid for. Okay. But I mean, I also have my wife's insurance which is really good healthcare insurance so, like i don't have to play that game anymore but my younger days that was the game i was going to play it's totally understandable i think the other good thing about the va is that you know my sister works at one near chicago so she tells me fantastic like vietnam veteran stories and how inappropriate they are with things i'm just like yeah. this is amazing yeah they're hilarious I've transported a couple of those guys because we have a VA, like one of the main VA hospitals here. And we used to do just transfers between hospitals. And it was one of those things they don't trust anybody. You know, their Agent Orange starts acting up and, you know, they don't trust. There's like, oh, I don't know about you because I'm, you know, bald and I've got neck tattoos, and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. They're just like, I don't know. I'm like, nah, man, I'm your people. Like, I was in the Marine Corps. They're like, oh, no shit. Let me tell you about this girl that I fucked in Vietnam. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, <laughs> we, whoa, whoa. Dial the back, people. I'm like, 80 years old. He's like, my dick almost fell off from chlamydia. I'm like, what the fuck? 
He's like, you ever see a whorehouse in Da Nang? I'm like, what the fuck is even happening right now? Like, how is this conversation? Do you have chest pain? Like, I have questions too. Like, they're more important right now. I think the last one my sister told me was, uh, it was some old guy who got the VA to start paying for like massages for something for him because of like muscle pains and whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, it was a regular massage parlor that he was kicked out of after his third time of asking for happy endings. <laughs> like, but like, were you surprised by any of this? You know, like these yeah. guys are fucking hilarious. Yeah, there was. I, mean, like, I remember. Give a fuck, dude. I love the old timers. Like, I wish I had gotten more time with my grandpa, my grandfather's, because they were both. Uh, one was Korea, one was World War Two. Oh mm -hmm. man, what I would have given to heard those fucking stories. But like, I remember, my, uh, right? My grandpa right that was in World War II. Uh, he he was Fleet Marine Forces in the Navy. He was a water tender, so mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he went on the islands with the Marines. I yeah. don't know uh, which islands he went on. Like, I really got to get better at looking it up. Like, what his boat did. I know the name of it. It's the USS Laporte, mm. and. But yeah, his job was to keep the water clean and he was in charge of up to the high water mark, which is the high, I think past the high tide mark, somewhere around there. But he mm. went to Camp Pendleton, like learned machine guns, uh, like did all that stuff. And I was just like, okay, sweet. And the only person he ever said he killed was uh, uh, some gay man who propositioned him in L.A., Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, he never said he killed him. He said, I don't know if I killed him and I didn't care because he was propositioned in a bathroom and he hit him in the head with a toilet seat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Still a little aggressive, but I mean, it's on par for the time. This was a Christmas story. <laughs> it was worth so in my fifth grade, my, yeah, in fifth grade, we had to do like a report on a veteran or someone. And like, if you didn't know a veteran, they'd find one for you. And I'm like, great, my grandpa's a veteran and it's almost Christmas. So like, I'm going to ask him like, you know, like what he did in the war and all this stuff. My sister was there as my witness. She will tell the story too. And like, <laughs> you know, at the end of like dinner, it's just like, grandpa, Steve like has a question for him. Like, I got to do a report and like. You're like, blah, blah, blah. I like gave him the whole spiel. And like my uncle Jimmy was getting ready to leave. And he just sat back down and like poured another glass of Jim Beam. He's like, I'm sticking <laughs> around for this. And that should have been my first sign. <laughs> but no, I got to hear yeah. this shit. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm just like, okay, this is going to be great. And then, yeah. Uh, he like started telling me all this shit. And like at the end of it, I looked at my sister. I'm like, I can't use any of that none of it is school no. she's like yeah no like talking about him and his buddy like when they were on duty basically so like you know how they have the steel beach parties on the carriers mm -hmm. and whatever else they do now yeah same concept back then but uh they kept all the beer in the brig and his buddy was in charge of on duty of watching the brig which there was no one in but there just so happened to be you know cases upon cases of beer and they shot the lock yeah. off and then the chaplain walked in while they were fucking passed out drunk. 
He I, described I, I one of his buddies as having Velcro rank. <laughs> Dude, this I is found, amazing. So when we did. We had a steel beach party when we were deployed, and mm-hmm. I remember like down on the smoking deck, they had just brought in a bunch of pallets of shit. Like, we didn't know what they were. It was all covered and all that, and they had like random guards walking around, but they didn't really, you know, they didn't give a fuck because we're all just down there smoking. I go down there, like me and my buddy, I can't remember who it was, but, but it's like two, three in the morning, we're on night shift, and I'm smoking, and I'm just kind of wandering. And it's like this like labyrinth of pallets, and I just remember like I turned a corner, and there were like five or six like tall, like five or six high pallets of like Coors Light and, and Bud Light. And I'm just like, bro, we found it. We found, we, this is it. And it was before they announced the Steel Beach Party. We were, we had been out at sea for like, cause I guess it's like after X amount of days, I think it's 60 days, 90 days, you get your two beers, like yep. something like that. So we're just like, oh fuck, we found our two beers. We found everyone's two beers. And we're just kind of like slowly skulking around, just like nonchalantly. Just like, oh, yeah, we're just smoking. Nothing to see here. Just having a cigarette. I don't even like alcohol. That's not for me. And we're trying to find ways to like break into the pallets that no one could see. So we're like trying to see if there's like a back end that we can get into that'll still be hidden. And as we're doing it, like we start cutting like the plastic. And this fucking Navy cat walks up. He's like, what are you going to do? We're like, nothing. And we just bolt it. And we came back an hour later and they moved them. And it was heartbreaking, but we tried. We tried to steal an entire ship's worth of gear. Wasn't I successful. Mean, I I really don't blame you. I would have done that too if I could. <laughs> I was just like, super excited for beer, and I had Gunny Hudgens with me, so I was trying to tell him about it, and he's just like, "Don't fucking touch it, you idiot." We boat was was that on? Uh, the baton. Uh, I wish I would have known you were on that. I got a I had a buddy from my hometown that was on he was in the navy station on the baton he was a boatswain's mate really it was yeah, uh, so when we did so i went out right after i was just say after we destroyed the baton and they had to go to dry dock to fix their deck mm-hmm. after we were doing all that test and evaluation i went out yep. with uh 264 with the mew and uh that's when when we were doing the gator scores that's when we stole the cake for gunny hudgens for his birthday, like nice. we broke into the kitchen and stole. It was a we called it the titty cake because it was like two tiered and had a cherry right in the middle and it looked like a titty. Nice, yeah. But yeah, Tommy so did. they hated us though. Oh, they always do. No, like specifically like Osprey guys because we ruined their shit. Oh, yeah. Because I went as a frog guy, and they were just like, oh yeah. These fucking ospreys, like, what a bunch of pieces of shit. Who the fuck would dare? What a bunch of frogs for life, man. Like, ah, fuck them. Like, I just threw all of us under the bus because I didn't want to get jumped by, like, 12 maybe guys. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it's not like you went to a school specifically for the osprey. No. (laughs) I still stand by him, though. Like people still talk. I mean, still talk shit about them. I, I like still them. love them. I do too. They're fucking yeah. fantastic. No, yeah. I have so, uh, one of my pilots. Uh... Oh god! I was just gonna ask you, where are you from originally? Even I don't even know that. 
I was born in Long Beach, raised in LA for about seven years, and then moved to Salt Lake for seven years, and then back to LA. So all over the West Coast. Yeah, primarily LA, Long Beach, that area. That's where I was made, as it were. Makes sense. So how did you decide to join the Marine Corps? I had no other choices. Um, I decided my senior year of high school that I was going to do everything I could to just barely graduate. Um, I graduated with a 1.8 GPA. Classic. I wrote, I think my English teacher had me write 15 essays the day before graduation so that I could walk. Like, and he gave me a D. Like, that was enough for me to graduate high school. Um, that sounds a lot like me. I describe it as being kicked out with a diploma. Yeah, that's essentially what happened. I had to put in a little bit of work. I uh, pretty much knew I wasn't going to go to college. I don't even think a community college would have taken me with that GPA. Um, And I didn't really know what else to do. So I was like, fuck it, join the Marine Corps. And only reason I joined the Marine Corps is because uh, somebody told me I couldn't. Like, like, like oh, I don't think you're tough or... enough for that. No, yeah, they're uh, like, I don't think you can handle it. I don't think you're tough enough. And I was like, cool, fuck you, watch this. And then just arrogance got the best of me for five years. Because I went, uh, I originally uh, talked to the Air Force. And they want nothing to do with me. Um. I think I that's went, their tried recruiting to to tactic. I think so too. Like they just like they look at me, they're like, Ugh, and you know, hard pass. I'm like, all right, whatever. And I went. I knew I didn't want to talk to the Navy because I can't swim. And then I went to the Army, and they weren't there. So I went and I talked to the Marines, and they were just like, all right, cool. Like let's go take this practice ASVAB. So I took the practice ASVAB, and I don't know what score I got. All I remember hearing my recruiter comes in, he goes, "Oh, you're done." He looks at the paper, he looks at me, he walks out, and I heard, um, it was a gunny, I can't remember, either a gunny officer, and whoever was in charge of that recruiting station, just goes, did he sign? Get him to fucking sign. I'm like, did I, did I pass? Did I, did I do good? They're like, all right, what, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know, what are my options? And they just put down that you know, big dumbass book of jobs, and it just like slammed it down. He goes, pick one. He goes, except band. And he goes, can you play an instrument? Like, no, he goes, fuck. All right, pick anything else. Like, cool. I want to be infantry. He goes, not infantry, you fucking idiot. Anything else. And like, he he refused to let me sign because I wanted to be a grunt. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And he refused. I had no idea there was other jobs than just. Honestly, I had no clue. I just thought you you shot people. Yeah, you shoot people that way. Um, But he, he straight up refused to let me join the infantry he said he would he wouldn't sign my contract he wouldn't send me um which is looking back nice it saved my back my ankles neck all the other things that are still broken but probably would have been a lot worse um and i don't think i would have had as much fun you know we had a lot of freedom Uh, we had a lot of freedom we did you know i had a buddy of mine that was a grunt i wandered over to lejeune to go see him a couple times and like, I was like, where, why does it look like boot camp in here? 
like it smelled like the like the boot camp barracks and i was just like why are you still using that green wool blanket on your bed and he's just like that's my blanket i'm like you're an adult like you're you can go buy one from walmart bro yeah like dude do, do you want one i have an extra and like he wandered over to our bricks once and he's just like what the fuck is this college he's like you guys have a mini fridge i'm like you don't like we were the air force to them like i get why the grunts hated us because we had the ability to not want to kill ourselves every day yeah i had a buddy that i was depped in with and then he was a chef on lejeune i think he was at yeah i think he was a cook at the s street chow hall but basically he was with a grunt unit and mm -hmm. he came over a few times and he's just like what the fuck i'm like what he's like you have female marines here i'm like yeah, yeah. is that abnormal yeah it's like yes that's abnormal i'm like why do you not know what have you never seen them before like do you not know what a female looks like yeah right yeah they're, that was they're... the night i ended up uh me and him were both clearing a bottle of something and uh ozcan came back and he's just like there's steve passed out with some random person uh, okay <laughs> sounds good <laughs> welcome to the party yeah that's pretty much how it happened yeah hey, man but yeah that's it that's how i got in no no other choice i mean Seems like a good plan there are other choices just not good ones yeah i I didn't really care either. Like I had no job. Like I had a job, but it was a shitty job. Um, and I was doing actually when I graduated high school, I was doing um, I was doing photography for like yearbooks. Nice. Yeah, it was a terror. It was awful because I'd have to drive like two hours to set up at some elementary school, watch these little fucking monsters come in, not follow directions, and then I tried to take a picture and send them on their way. And I made, like, I don't know, back then, I think minimum wage was like $6 an hour. I was making like $7 Something like that. an hour. It was terrible. But that was awful. Like, so I was like, fuck this job. Like, fuck all this. I had no prospects. Like, I wasn't going to college. I didn't have any skills. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was like, screw it. They'll teach me something. That's true. Yeah. They made you a parachute yeah. rigger. They did, and that did absolutely nothing for me in the real world. <laughs> they did teach me so did, I did a couple of upholstery jobs when I got out. So did you pick that, or was that open contract? So it was, it was not technically an open contract. Um, like, it, like I said, when I went through the big book of jobs, they're like, pick one. I'm like, cool, aircraft mechanic. That sounds like fun. Right? Like, I can learn how to work on engines. I get to work on planes. Like, that's fun. I'm into that. And it was essentially like the version of open contract. Like a lot of airframers got it um, because you sign up and you think you're going to be like a flight line guy because it's working on engines because that's what it's labeled as. Um, but essentially it's like a weird open contract for airframes and flighty falls under airframes. Really? Um, yeah. Like some ordinance guys got it um, because, you know, I, the Ordies, they're the proudest bunch of rejects you've ever met. They all signed up to be fire. And well, they yeah, they run around it. screaming, yeah, yes, or whatever it is. Yeah, I know, oh, yes. 
because I learned that because I had to share a shop with old Rick Jackson and little Manny DeSantos, Dale Santos, yeah, and all them. That little fucker. I, uh, I learned all that real quick. I, yeah, he was a good kid. He's a goofy little bitch. Yeah. Yeah, but I love He's him. good people, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with Rick. Like, Rick taught me a lot of things, mainly how to party, and I appreciated him for that, and I still do. But, yeah, that's kind of how it worked. Like, I signed up to be a mechanic, and then I showed up to uh, Pensacola, and they're like, all right, if you're a mechanic, you go over here. And I walk over there like, you're not a mechanic. I'm like, no, but my contract. They're like, no, you idiot. Like actual mechanics are going to work on engines. And then you were there for X amount of time. And then you went to your C school. Um, my school was just a C school. Um, so they're like, you are going to be aviation life support systems. And I was just like, I don't know what that is. And whoever was checking me in, he goes, neither do we. Go over there. I'm like, okay. They're like, your school may start next week. You may not class up for six months. So uh, get used to this place. And then we went and shine kick plates for six hours a day in the barracks. And we, we fought a couple Navy guys and we tried to hook up with the girls in the Air Force. Hold on one second. Let me lay him down. Yeah. I think it's fun trying to explain to people that Pensacola was my least favorite place I ever was. They're like, why? Florida's so wonderful. I'm like, that place sucked. Yeah, but it's not like good Florida. I think it was just the base. Like, I, I all do the instructors miss, uh, were on a power trip. Like they were like, oh, they thought they were fucking, like they were rejects of fucking drill instructors or something. I'm like, yeah, what is this fucking bullshit? Yeah, it never made any sense. Like we had a bunch of Navy guys. We had one Marine Corps instructor and a bunch of Navy guys. And most of my class was Navy because mm-hmm. um, it's the same job in the Navy. Um, and they were just biggest assholes in the world. Like, we would answer a question wrong, and they'd, I mean, true, you know, fashion, like, they'd throw something at you. But the thing they would throw would be, like, this five-pound radio, and they'd just whip it at your head. And they're just like, you're an idiot. I'm like, cool. Yes, sir. Like, I don't know what you want from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a petty officer. Give me a douchebag. But we did go down. Did you ever go down to um, Club La Vila in, uh, oh, shit. it's not Destin. Oh, it's further south. We went there for spring break. Somebody uh, somebody was over 25 in our group, and they rented a minivan. And me and a buddy of mine that I actually went to boot camp with, Menez, we got into the back of the minivan. Like, it was like the third row up, and then the space between the third row and the back door that's like the size of a foot. The two of us yes. were there for like a three-hour drive. And we got down to, uh, to, I can't remember where it is, but it's at Club Movila, isn't that? Panama, Panama City. Okay. Um, we went down there, and we the reason we went to Club Movila is because that's where they filmed Spring Break on MTV. Oh. So it was a huge, huge party spot. Like, it's a massive club. It was, we looked, I looked it up a few years back, and it's like the biggest club in the continental U.S., or it was at the time. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so we went there for like a weekend and just got absolutely wrecked. And I was, I think, eight, I was 18. So like couldn't get into parties, couldn't get into any good clubs. You know, walking around with just giant X's on my hands, trying to wash them off and it's doing absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, it was a good time. 
If you ever went down there, you should have gone down there. Um, I do uh, miss. I never did go over there. No. Yeah, I just it went was to fun. The beach. Yeah, I the beach didn't do it for me because I can't swim, so I have zero appeal for that. Also, I'm pale. Like I'm a ginger, so like I burn with a laptop on, so I tend to avoid the sunlight at all times. So the but, sunlight reflects off you, goes back, and it burns the sun. Correct. It's exactly how it works. You know, if Pretty you whisper daylight science. near me, uh, you just come up like, "Sup," and I'm gonna have a burn. I'm gonna be a little bit red. <laughs> no wonder they threw you on night crew. Yeah, hundred percent. I was abs- I've never been upset to be on night crew. <laughs> Uh, no, I absolutely fucking loved it. No, I was, uh, yeah, I was there like November, January, February. So I'm like, mm-hmm. during the day, it's like 60, 70. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to the beach on weekends. Yeah. Because I'm from when, the when north. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So 70 degrees at a beach doesn't exist for you even in the summer, right? Oh, it does. It's just Lake Erie. Which is, uh, how do I describe this? Uh, disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's I've it's never, absolutely I've never been up there, beautiful never to look at. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's I, a lot I, better good thing about the than it than it was. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, the water quality has gone up, but it only takes two years from when the water enters Lake Erie by Detroit to when it leaves Lake Erie by Buffalo, it's fucking two year dwell time. It's the shortest of any lake of the great lakes. And so like the turnover, it's really high. So it's not like stagnant water in there, like in like superior Michigan. So like if there's a problem one year, it's gone the next. I mean, at least you got that going for you. Yeah, so it is pretty nice and like but there's some years where you're just like, oh my god, what the fuck? And there's just like dead fish just like splashing up across the shore all across the lake and you're like, oh my god, what the fuck? And like the way it sits like where I live, like up to Buffalo is like the wind comes from west to east and it just fucking travels unabated until it hits land and it's just like the fuck? fuck is that smell it's like oh Oh. the dead fish coming off the lake but like like new york touches new york touches it like almost the least pennsylvania touches it the least probably Mm -hmm. and like so between new york pennsylvania and ohio like they're cracking down on it because ohio's pissed because like it's cutting in on their fishing tourism industry uh Uh, a lot of it's just a lot of it's just like Canada. You need to get on board with us. Like that was a big fucking thing. Kind of surprised Canada doesn't have more to play in that because that's like half of their border, isn't it? At least in that area. Yeah, like that's all Ontario. But the problem, from what I understand, was it's part like power plants, just like you know, pushing cooling water through, and then the other part was uh, they they weren't going to tell their native reservations like what to do with their wastewater. Oh yeah. You can't. And then can't it's, it's res. Do they have the same laws as we do with the res land? Oh, no, they're world, different. Like, it's, it's a different country and like a different fucking thing. So I have no idea. I just know there was like, 
it was like some article I read about how they were like having problems, like trying to like be like, hey, please do this. And then the other half of the issue was over fertilization in Ohio and then all the rainwater runoff and the fertilizer going into the lake. So there's giant algal blooms, which were choking out all the fish. Terrible. That's yeah, awful. like there used to be like, it's better now. I haven't seen like, you know, the photographs of like the algal blooms are back. So like, hopefully they got that shit under control. Yeah, hopefully. And call Bates yeah. for that. That's what he does, isn't it? No, Bates he does, does open... like... I think he said he did water treatment cheese... or something. Yeah, it's like cheese water though. Like he does like uh... water filtration and processing for cheese plants in Wisconsin. Oh, that's fair. Like I, I listen to I, I listen to that podcast, and the problem that I had is I would listen on my way to work because at the time it was like a three hour mm-hmm. drive, two hour drive, and I would lose service halfway through. Like my CarPlay would disconnect on its own, or it just wouldn't play, and then it would start halfway through, and I didn't know where I was, and I was just like, oh, I just keep mm-hmm. listening, and it just popped in, and I was like, treatment water. I'm like, oh, good for him. He's got a good job. <laughs> it sounds important. Like that sounds like a really important job to have. Like we need more of that. What blew my mind was he's like, I'm like, why'd you move to Wisconsin? He's like, the houses were way cheaper. I'm like, houses are a lot more expensive in Wisconsin. Where the fuck do I live? Yeah. Well, that's where, uh, as far as I know, that's where Delato is, too. I haven't talked to him in a while. Him and, him and Sergeant Kruger, who came to the hazmat shop as I was leaving. Like, I know he's from up there, too. Yeah, I think because Delato stayed with me for a little bit when he got out. Um, and then I remember I came home from work one day and I told him, like, you got to turn off the lights or something during the week. Like, you can't turn off all the lights and the TV and the AC. Like, my power bill is like $1,000. Like, knock it off. And then the next day he was gone. I was like, fuck, I really hope that didn't, like, that wasn't the thing, you know, because he just, he did the Irish goodbye like most of us. Like, you know, you say your, th- you say your bit and then just boom, you're gone. And, but he was at the house, so I like I showed up to my apartment, and he was just gone. I was just like, "What the fuck, man? Like this is bullshit." And I didn't hear from him for uh, a while. But I guess he went to uh, it's called the Cordon Bleu, uh, the culinary school. Oh, okay. Um, and he did that, but last time I talked to him, he wasn't cooking. He was doing some job, but he had to take it to support his kid or something like that. But I mean, other than that, he, I think he got married. Like he's got a kid, cute, a little girl. So, but Good yeah, I, yeah, that's how, that's why I looked at it. But I was like, dude, get your ass in a kitchen. Like you went to school for it. The thing they don't tell you is, is that kitchens do not pay that well. They don't. You got to earn your place. You got to. I worked in a bar for a while. I'm like, thank God I was front of the house because I could not have survived being on the line. Yeah, unless you're the head chef at a place, you're uh, you're a fucking bitch, and you're not making anything. Yeah, nobody cares about you. They hate you. They yell at you. It's hot, sweaty, long hours. I was never jealous of them. I thought I wanted to do it for a little while until I actually saw what it entailed, and then I'm like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, our best. Like I've thought about going just to go. Like, so I can learn to cook better. Because um, uh, out here we have UNLV, and they have a hospitality department. Okay. And part of, it's like an actual school of the, of the university. 
where you can go to UNLV and get a bachelor's in culinary or hotel management or there's some other like they have bartending courses like legitimate college credited bartending hours um bartending school, uh, school. and my wife's super proud of it because she's got three degrees from there now um she's like always bragging she's like we're one of the only white campuses on on in the u.s and blah blah because they uh what the, the hospitality department they did before covid and they're trying to start it back up was they would just send out flyers to like students and staff or they're like oh, the hospitality department's putting on whatever uh and it's essentially all the kids that are about to graduate mm-hmm. and part of their final is they get the like the hotel management people that they have to coordinate the whole event and then you have somebody who plans the whole event and then you have bartenders they make a drink menu but the drink menu has to pair with the chefs and their you know five course or whatever it is so we end up going and i think it was like three or four courses we paid twenty dollars we had included two or three drinks and it was phenomenal Jesus. It, was, it was amazing and i i wish they would do it because it was great food and they just did it for credit. And that was their like that was like their thesis. I don't know, like their finishing project. Yeah. And it was it was pretty cool. But I thought about going just to go and I looked up the prereqs. And it's like a bunch of classes that I don't want to take. I'm like, no, I just want to take the one how to reverse to your stake. Like that how do I take that class? Like that's show me how to use the the smoker, right? Yeah. That's called YouTube. Yeah. Just like building a car. Like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And all you hear is, hey guys, me again. Like, God damn it. Yeah, that's what I do for like anything that I actually want to learn. I'm like, all right, YouTube, let's do this. Yeah. I got through part of medic school, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Doctor Google and Doctor YouTube taught me medicine. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh fuck, Stumba a plumber right now, and like mm-hmm. he actually has his license now. But when he first started, he's like, I can't tell you how many times I sat in a fucking in the company van and I just Google. looked it up on YouTube. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Yep, three and I'm like three quarters, sweet. half. Sounds good. Let's do this. He either hates the swing or loves the swing. Give him another minute and see if he changes his mind. Hell yeah, man. But, yeah. No, yeah, like YouTube got me through a lot of stuff. Got me through a lot of a lot of places in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learned, learned how to put in a stage for a clutch in a Subaru for a job that I was being paid to do. Just sweet. laying underneath it. Harbor Freight Jack stands just waiting for him to give out, just like looking up how to replace this like six puck stage four. I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. It seems important. Also, never replace a clutch on the studio. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, I didn't plan on it. I think I'd probably just go old school and just be like, all right, this thing just needs a whole new transmission. Dude, brutal. It was awful. It was the worst thing. I hated it so much. It took us three weeks. Because we had to drop oh, three weeks for a clutch. Well, because the way the Subarus are built, they built like shit. So we had to drop because it's it was like an STI, it's WRF STI. We had to drop the drivetrain, drop the transmission, and then we had to like as we were dropping the tranny and separating it, we had to lift the motor, which meant we had to disconnect radiators. We had to pull brackets. Like it was just it was a nightmare. And it was literally the worst thing. And then it wouldn't line up. Like, don't know what I did wrong to deserve that punishment. 
but it just would not line up. And then one day I just got in there and yelled and it popped right in and it was back together in the day. Yeah, uh, I know what you did wrong. You were born and- I mean, pretty much. I, I decided to work on a Subaru. That's right. Uh, the second thing you did wrong was learning how to sign your name. Yeah, it was a mistake. I, I described that as my first mistake in life. I'm like, my first mistake was uh, learning how to sign my name, and I blame my third grade teacher. Everything's been downhill since then. So, speaking of signing their names, that was completely off topic. But have you seen how the kids now sign their name? Nope. So, like, I, I haven't seen their signature, right? But I assume that it's probably cursive or something along those lines. Um, a lot of the kids I teach are like 18, 19, you know, young kids. And it's, I'm like, yeah, sign your name here. And they just print their name. And I was just like, oh, like, no, you can sign it. They're like, no, that's my signature. Like, Do you guys not learn? And I thought it was maybe one or two kids, like it's an off, you know, something like that. And I've been teaching for a good amount of years now. And it's, it's a thing. Like nobody knows how to sign their name anymore. Which is, is that just out of, there? I don't know. It's it's just what I've been seeing here. Because I know my when I was married, my stepkids who would be fifteen, sixteen. Well, no, junior and senior now. I think they are, and uh, they they know how to do cursive. Yeah, I, maybe it's just out here. I mean, Nevada does have a does not have the greatest. Uh, education. Like, I think we're 49th in the country, just above, like, Mississippi. And I don't think that it's they something. even speak English there. I don't know what it is, but, like, I've been to some parts of Mississippi where I'm like, wow, these people are smart and they drive, like, really nice cars. And mm -hmm. then I've been to other parts where I'm like, all right, I am not unlocking the doors. Yeah. Like I drove when I got I'd out. I'd say windows drove, stay up, but it's summer. Windows always stay up. Yeah. Well, I uh, when I got out, I drove from North Carolina to Salt Lake, and I drove through uh, like the South. Mississippi was terrifying. We kind of we bolted through Mississippi pretty quick, um, but I stopped in Birmingham, Alabama. I've worked there. Why? I stopped because we had gas. a we had a site on an Air Force reserve base, which was part of the airport. So I literally got off the plane, got my rental car, drove a mile around the fucking perimeter of the flight line and got under the Air Force thing. <laughs> and then I stayed 20 minutes away in a different town. Mm -hmm. And like the one dude who was working the site there also was just like, why this hotel's closer. I'm like, yeah, but this one's better. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but it's 20 minutes each way. I'm like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, I stopped. Yeah. I got I got out of the car to get gas because, you know, whatever. We I've been in rough places before. You know, I, like I figured I grew up in L.A., you know, like I've seen all kinds of stuff, right? And I go in to get gas and I'm standing in line and everybody's staring at me. But, you know, whatever. Um, I figured it's a small town maybe, you know, I'm not the local that's what it was um and then i noticed i was the only white guy 
but it's the South, like it is what it is. Um, and I get up to the to the to the window, and the guy's like, "Why are you here?" And I'm like, "To get gas." He goes, "No, why are you in Birmingham?" I'm like, "Because my car needs gas." Like, I don't, I don't know what you what you're looking for. He goes, "You're the wrong color to be here. You should not be here." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "I'm like, can I get twenty bucks?" He's like, "You can get ten, and you can get the fuck out." I'm like, "Okay, thank you." I go back to the car. My buddy's just kind of walking around. I'm like, look as intimidating as you can. We're getting $10. We're bouncing. He's like, why not? Why aren't you filling the tank? I'm like, they won't let me. Like, he's like, that'll get you to the next. That'll get you out of Alabama. I'm like, okay. It was terrifying. I never, went back, yeah. never went back there. And I figured Mississippi was the same way. So we just didn't. I didn't slow down. I just powered through. So when I was working there, like, it was some rougher spots around the edges, but like downtown Birmingham, absolutely fucking stunning and beautiful. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, like I wish that hadn't. Maybe I just got up in like a bad neighborhood or something. You know, like that. You might have. That one like, place. Where I was working on the airport, like the only thing to eat around there was subways and like fried chicken, like you know KFC, churches, stuff like that. Like. Yeah. So there wasn't anything like nice around there, but if you went into like downtown proper Birmingham, there was like nice restaurants, like badass barbecue places. Like I was just like, what the fuck? And then where I was staying, like twenty minutes north, like it, it was a richer fucking community, and they had everything. They had like a Bass Pro Shop, Starbucks, like all sorts of shit. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Like I'd go get like a one of those fast fired fucking pizzas. It wasn't like blaze. It was just like one of like a local place. I'd go eat a yeah. pizza and then I go walk around Bass Pro Shops and look at like, you know, the fish swimming around. I'm like, this is my evening. That doesn't sound like the worst night. Dude. Yeah, it's not. It was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's nice. It's like, what'd you do last night? I'm like, walked around Bass Pro Shops and I ate pizza. I mean, I do like that sounds like a great day, you know? Yeah. I mean, I did it because, like, I'm never, I, like, I'm never around a bass. Why the fuck yeah. wouldn't I? Yeah, we have one here, and it's like yeah, to look at it on a map. I think it's like eight miles away, maybe ten, but that's an hour drive mm -hmm. because the entire freeway is under construction. It's it's brutal. Oh, yeah. What I should have done is when I was working in Memphis, gone to the, like their like flagship store which was like the pyramid that giant pyramid that you can see from the thruway oh is that where it is i've yeah, heard that like i didn't right know where it was. yeah it's like you know it's one of those pyramids it looks like the luxor but it's bigger mm -hmm. and like yeah i forget what it used to be but it is now the flagship bass pro shops and it has like all sorts of like crazy aquariums in there and of course like you know boats and guns and fucking yeah, all the clothes things. i would never wear but i'm like sounds fantastic i'll get some fucking saltwater taffy and stare at some fish yeah right like that's what i that's all i do whenever i go there because i make a whole trip out of it because i'm never there so i stop in and i'm there for like an hour and a half two hours and i'm just looking at things i don't need like why do i need a fly fishing reel i don't but I, it's there, so let's look at it. 
Yeah. So that's all I ever do. I usually wind up in the gun section and then the hiking section, like the hiking and camping section. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, look at this stuff. It's amazing. And then I'm just like, I'm going to buy that at REI for cheap, or I can get that at Amazon for cheaper. Yeah. But I'm like, it's good yeah, to I see usually, this stuff. I usually don't buy I think the last thing I bought them was, uh, they usually have pretty decent prices on ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll usually go to Sportsman's for ammo because they have sales. And then I'll get, I think I bought a slingshot. Last oh, time I was like, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> He's he just wants to say hello. Yep. Oh, he might do it too sometimes. Yeah. Okay. You know, like being held that way. What is it? This way. But yeah, I I bought a slingshot because my wife wanted chickens, so we got chickens. And well, yeah, because it's it's so, dude. I hate them so much. I hate them so much. Um. Cause it's hot out here it's like the surface of the sun so i put like a sunshade over them so they don't you know die didn't work two of them died um they made it be here but two of them died the other one i'm convinced is the devil and i hate that chicken more than like i told that chicken i'm gonna eat it more times not um but all these fucking pigeons will go and sit under the sunshade and I don't want them, those little flying rat cameras infecting the chickens because I eat the eggs. You know, I don't want them. So I decided I'm going to buy a slingshot and I start whipping, uh, whipping BBs at them. And they just don't learn. They don't learn at all. So I ended up buying a, uh, the, the Daisy Red Rider BB gun. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to start yep. picking off pigeons. And right when i was about to start shooting i was like if something didn't feel right i'm like i'm gonna look up some laws um because i may or may not have had my run-ins with the cops a few times i'm not trying to play that game again turns out that if you are within city limits and you're like shooting pigeons it's uh, animal cruelty and it's like a six-year sentence and like a huge fine holy shit! yeah and like the likeliness of me getting caught doing it slim to none but I also know my luck and I'm not trying to push that because like for some reason that's the one second a cop pops his head over like looking for somebody running. Oh, are you shooting pigeons? Looks like you're the one I was looking for. And then I go to jail again. You don't want to go to Vegas. It's not awesome. It's not a super fun time. Uh, no, it doesn't sound like a, especially in a, in a large metropolitan area like that. No. Well, and I was... I'd already been working, uh, you know, on the ambulance out here, and people recognized me, like the people that were in jail, and they were like homeless people, or like you know, all these people that I was like transported to the hospital. Like, are you a paramedic? I'm like, nah, man, not me. Nope, don't even know what that is. Like the ambulance drivers, yeah, they're they're weird. They're weird. I'm just trying to keep to myself. I don't want to make friends with these crackheads. Like, get out of here. <laughs> I'm not trying to live that life, man. Like I'm just trying to stick to myself and get out. Yeah. Don't go to jail here. It's not great. I mean, it wasn't high on my list of priorities. So if I do, like I fucked up good. Yeah. 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 Don't. Like the first thing will be, how did you wind up in Las Vegas? Then it's going to be, how did you wind up in a jail in Las Vegas? Yeah. 
Well, the nice thing is, so you, you came out here with us, right? You were out here when we, um, yeah, I did the desert yeah. test. OT. Yeah. Um, so you know, where the gold, uh, like California, all the Fremont, right? All that times you went to Fremont street. Yeah. That's where they yeah. let you out. Like the jail is on the south side of the, of Fremont, like by the really? California and the golden nugget and all that. Like you literally get out the Sally ports and then you make an immediate right. And then there's the valet entrance for the golden nugget. So I, I, was, in, I was in there and I like, they released us. I was there for like 28 hours. Right. And I'm still like, I'm still a smoker. Like I'm, I've moved on to little robot dicks now, but like still nicotine. So I'm 28 uh, yeah. hours without smoking, you know? So I'm 28 hours and I'm just like fiending. And I get out and I'm like, oh, all right, let's go get, I need cigarettes. So I walk into the, the casino and I, well, first thing I called uh, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, I called my wife. I'm like, hey, I'm out. She's like, all right, cool, I'll come get you. And she knew where it was because she worked on the ambulance too. Like we knew where all, everybody gets dropped off. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm outside, I'm at the Valley of the Golden Nugget. They let me out the Sally Ports on whatever H Street or whatever it is. She's like, all right, I'll be there in like 20 minutes. I'm like, cool. So I walk in, I see the valet. I'm like, hey man, uh, where can I buy cigarettes? They're like, oh, it's, you know, in the gift shop or whatever is inside. I'm like, all right, cool. So I walked in. I'm like, yeah, let me get a pack of Camel Blues. And the guy's like, yeah, that'll be $22. I'm like, the fuck, man? Like, I just got out of jail. You're going to try and tell me $22? I'm like, can I get a Lucy? And he's just like, like, they do not. Like, that. if you ever want to look like you're the most disgusting piece of shit in the world, tell somebody you just got out of jail in a casino gift shop and ask for a Lucy. They <laughs> like, like, I was... If it wasn't like I already wasn't like all, all the way down, like it got lower. So I think I ended up pulling the trigger. It's just one cigarette. One loose cigarette. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I was hoping it was loose, some, get one. Oh, yeah, that's not something uh, I don't know I've ever been exposed to. I think I've seen them yeah. like, I forgot where I was, and there was just like a cup that you would see like pencils mm-hmm. in or pen. But yeah. it was like and right by a fucking register. I was yeah. just like, you just sell individuals? They're like, yeah, like, oh, that's cool. Like a dollar. It's like, yeah, let me get, let me get a pack. Yeah. I bought a pack and yeah, I left. Was... I was just like, hmm. yeah. That's, so that's what I ended up doing. I ended up buying a pack of smokes. And there's a guy that I got released with. And like, when you, you know, when you're getting out, like, you just try and make friends with everybody so you don't get stabbed up or whatever. And we're out there and the guy's like, oh man, I want a cigarette. I'm like, here man, I got, I got one, you know, whatever I had. And we're just like sharing the cigarette and my wife pulls up. She goes, what the fuck? Tell say goodbye to your jail friends and get in the fucking car. I'm like, okay, bye. And I just get in the car and fucking we laugh. Like she rolls up in her little, uh, uh, Hyundai Ionic, this little hybrid looked like a Prius car. And I'm just standing there sharing are. a cigarette with some random guy that I just got released from jail. She's like, what the fuck? Who even are you? I was like, I used to live, used to live a different life. Like, this is this is just a Tuesday for, you know, when we were in. Like, we're the same type of people. This is just like the Marine Corps. Like, I don't know what you're talking it, about. It kind of was. You know? Just hanging out in the yep. smoke pit. Pretty much. Yeah. God, I miss the smoke pit. I don't miss smoking. I kind of stopped. Yeah. I just woke up one day. I'm like, I'm not smoking anymore. That was it. 
I've tried that. I, I just, I, it's got a hold of me. So that's why I use the uh, little bait thing. Like I don't stink anymore. Um, mm -hmm. It's not as bad, but I mean, it's still not good for you. Well, I mean, when I just was on vacation in North Carolina, like I, I was sucking the robot dick too. Like, mm -hmm. but like as soon as vacation was done, I was just like, all right, now it's time to go back to work. I'm done with this. And I just, Handed it right back to my girlfriend. I'm like, here you go. I'm done. I'm like, yeah, Good it's weird because like I'm like, when I'm on vacation, I'm like, cool, I'm on vacation. And everyone's just like, I'm like gonna eat and drink and get fucked up. I'm like, I'm gonna vape. Yep. Well, that's all right. <laughs> that's, we, go to, we go to Mexico. That's my thing. That, we, that's how I am. Like we go down to Mexico and it's the only place I'm allowed to smoke cigarettes. Okay. So I'm all about our trips to Mexico. Nice. We do like all inclusive. We do an all inclusive resort, but I get to smoke. And where do I, you go? Uh, we usually go down to uh, Los Cabos. So is that in Baja, Cancun mm -hmm. area? Yeah, it's okay. all the way down, like the very tip of uh, Baja. Nice. It's, I like it. It's great. It's a good time. Um, first time we went, we stayed at. We use the same type of hotels. We use the Ryu uh, hotels. And it's like a chain that they have. They're all all inclusive resort type of places. And the first one like set a standard. It was phenomenal. Um, the only thing that they didn't do that they normally would because it was right at the end of COVID. Um, so every room will have like a bar built into it, where it's like a drink dispenser. It'll be vodka, rum, gin, tequila, whatever it is. And you take your glass, and put it under there, and you could fill an entire glass of whatever you want because it's all inclusive um the mini fridge is full of uh like mixers like pepsi coke you know stuff like that and then a six pack of um, either dos Equis or tecate so i walk in the room crack a beer pour myself a shot you know that's how i do it with the exception of that time they didn't have the the bar in the room um but we went down there and it was it was fucking awesome, man. Like good times, like everything, all these little package deals are fun. Um, there's this, this ratchet ass bar club called uh, El Squid Row. It is <laughs> like, like you can absolutely get hepatitis in this place. Like hundred percent. We roll and like my Spanish is not great. Like I'm not gonna lie. I know exactly what I look like. Like I look, like the leprechaun got super into mind comp like i get it like i'm <laughs> the type of person that should be in in mexico and i'm just walking around like hola mi amigo que pasa? you know like, like i can get my way through like a general conversation i can apologize for how bad my spanish is and i we <laughs> We we roll up into the cab and a leprechaun got into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've wrong, ever heard. <laughs> you not? That's what makes it even better. <laughs> the leprechaun that got into my mouth. You're killing me. You I just love took it. that message a little bit too hard. It took a close <laughs> heart. <laughs> I, I, after me I have to charms. Nine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's that's the manifesto I got to put into this one's brain. I'm gonna say things like that to him. Unlike you, uh, you've seen pictures of my wife, right? 
<laughs> yeah. So my wife is not colored like me. She has melanin. All yeah. she tells him is that all he has to do is she be black She looks like a eye. dark Italian. She does. That yes. ooh. There's some Dutch in there. I think that's what's doing it. But she okay. tells him all he has to do is be black and die. And I'm like, you can't say that to him. He is see-through. This boy is pale. He, I'm going to get into so much. I have to go to PTA meetings or something, right? The principal's going to call, and I'm going to show up. And they're like, apparently your child thinks he just has to be black and die. I'm like, ah. like, what do I say to that? You know? Like, yeah, so my, I have no my idea. Have dis, we've decided that we have to be very careful with the things we say when he gets older and starts like understanding words and can repeat things. Uh, um, yes, the, it, you're, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, because she and I not, not only will they repeat your words, they'll repeat your mannerisms too. Yeah, and like she and I say a lot of dumb shit. You know, like, yeah, like, just like think of it like how we were raised in, you know, the Marines, like the things that we said. She's fairly on point with that. And then you add in with me, like, I left the Marine Corps, I worked at a bar for like five years. And then I've been in EMS for almost a decade. Like, the things that I say are just not okay for a child to repeat and I'm going to have to answer for it eventually. Yeah. It'll be funny. Like it'll well, be fuck hilarious. Yeah. But I think he'll I be know. able to uh like just make motherfuckers die of laughter, which is a good thing. I hope so. Well, like I know that I'm funny because of childhood trauma and I'm trying to avoid that with him. So he's he's going to be pretty. I know this. But if I can make him pretty and funny, he's going to get chlamydia. And I don't I don't want that for him. I mean, you don't yeah. have to be pretty to get chlamydia. I mean, just look at Farva. She got it twice. <laughs> oh shit! Do you do you remember when uh, was Kelso got the clap and he was going around telling everybody how the doc told him he had the clap? No, he he went shop to shop, and like normally I don't want to put people's names out there, but I remember this motherfucker told the entire squadron. He just walks. He's like, yeah, just got back. Went and saw the doc. Got a boar punch. We're like, that sucks, you know. Because Paco was the same way when he was wandering around. Apparently his ass was just hitting glory holes every weekend. Um, but he's like, yeah, man, the doc comes in and he punched my board and he does all this. And I heard the door open and then I heard the door close. And I'm just sitting at his desk and he just stood behind me and just. And then walked out. And that's how I found out that I got the clap. <laughs> 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 like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> like, you can keep this a secret. Nobody needed to know that story. None of us knew that it burned when you peed. Like, not a single one of us. No, I think Farva described in very glorious and 
and uh, intricate detail exactly how the bore is punched. And I'm like, all right, I don't think I want the clap. That sounds worse than no. anything. Than the clap. It sounds worse yeah, than I the mean, clap. It sounds worse than the clap because once you find out you have the clap, then it's just like an antibiotic. And you're like, all right, I'm done now. But I'm like, yeah. Mm. yeah. You get a couple of shots, maybe, take some pills, you're good. Maybe it's not worth the antibiotic. Can I just go crazy uh, like Hitler? Yeah, right? To go out the old uh, Al Capone way with that neurosyphilis? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, let me let me go nuts. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid. I'm going to say shit like I'm going to tell him these stories. Like, I can't tell him stories because he's going to think shit's okay and I can't. I can't as a as a good parent allow that, you know. I mean, you can. If it happens like, like as, once he's older, you know, like he hits that eighteen, oh, he's gonna hear everything. But like when he's like seven, I gotta watch myself. I think you can still tell them some stories when they're like seven and young. You just have to be careful because yeah. That's the problem. I My former thought. stepkid's father, he went army infantry. He was a mortarman. And then mm-hmm. uh, he got out just before 9 11. Then he went in the Air Force Reserves because there's an Air Force base by Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. And that's where first he did aircraft maintenance and he hated it. So then he went security forces and he's like, and that's when I got all the stuff that we should have had in the army, like, you know, nods and, you know, just good <laughs> yeah. fucking gear. And so he's like, so I know all these tactics and I got all this great fucking gear now. And that's when there it's where it's real fun stories come from. Cause his army yeah. time, it was just like, Oh, by the way, he had the best place to be stationed when he was in the army. He was a fucking Hawaii. I'm like, and I people complain got... about it. People complain about being stationed in Hawaii. Like, oh no, you poor thing. You live really? on a tropical fucking island. Fuck you. I know. I was in Jacksonville. Three people. Three people who have gotten stationed in Hawaii. No, wait, four people, because I guess Shellhart was. He was an airframer. So that's my friend who was my stepkid's father, uh, my uncle Jimmy, and a dude that I worked with at this company. He's from New Jersey. All of them fucking loved him. Dude, I, I had a buddy right. of mine. We, we we went to we were in uh, Pensacola together, uh-huh. and he got ordered to Hawaii. And I was like, "Fuck you!" Like I don't remember what his job. He, we didn't have the same job. He did something else. But he's like, "Yeah, I fucking hate it here." He's like, "I want to go to the East Coast." I'm like, "You're from LA. Like, why would you want to? Why? There's no good East Coast spaces. You're gonna end up in North at in New River. You're gonna end up at Toby's with me." And it's going to be the worst. Like it's going to be terrible. He's like, oh, I'm just go. You know, all I do is go to the beach and like try and hook up with tourists. I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. I'm so sorry. Like you that's what thing. everyone said, and they said it was great. Although I will say, one guy did tell me that because everything has to be imported there, beer was ridiculously fucking expensive. So he's that. like, I fell in love with Blue Hawaiians. He's like, so that's my drink of choice now in life. And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, they're not bad. It's not a bad way to go. He's like, yeah. It's like that less sugar sense. than a rum and coke. And it's just, I don't know, fucking delicious. Not a bad point. It's really not. 
I mean, if you were to hand me a blue Hawaiian and say, here, drink this, I'd be like, fuck, yeah, is there a roofie in this? Maybe. Like, I'm not going to roll the dice on that one. Oh, exactly. I'm not going to not drink booze. I mean, at that point, I have Well, I mean, you know, it depends on how I want to feel the next day. If it's a work night, probably not. Yeah, I've had to dial way back in my age. Yeah, that also is one of those ones where it just woke up one day and I'm just like, all right, so this is, we're turning the dial down just yeah. massively. Yeah, I don't think I believed in hangovers until I was like 25. And then just one day I woke up, I'm like, what What happened to me? Like, did I die? Like, did I just get mm -hmm. run over by a truck, beaten up, set on fire and pissed on? Like, what happened? And that's when I was like, all right, this is a hangover. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I'm like, I'm never drinking again. And then two days later, doing it again. Really? I was uh, I was told by some older siblings, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a hangover. The only way to get rid of it is to keep drinking. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that one, too. I think within that I, month, I think I started blacking out. And just like, oh, what is that? Time travel? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. And then you got to emergency check your text messages and then delete them and act like they didn't happen. Well, back then was still the day of flip phones because we're that old. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't really have that problem. <clears throat> yeah, I found a way. Life finds a way. Yes, it does. But, yeah. So much simpler with flip phones. But it doesn't delete it off other people's phones. No, but it deleted it from mine so I could pretend it didn't happen, at least in my head. Plausible denial. Nope, I, didn't, I didn't do that. It's not on my phone. I don't know what you're talking about. Nope, you're a liar. You're you work for the government. You planted that on your phone. Yeah. That's not me. That's not my picture. That's not, that's not me. It's not my voicemail. I didn't do that. That's not my balls. <laughs> no, can't prove it is. It's illegal, by the way. It's uh, solicitation. How did you get those? That's uh, those are private. Those are my private. Broken in my room. <laughs> Broken in my room. That's rape. I don't take kindly to my lawyer. <laughs> I'll see you in hell. Where you at this yeah, man. I'm in New Hampshire. How is it up there? I never made it up north. Um, it's really fucking beautiful. And like yeah. there's a bunch of awesome hiking trails and stuff, like through this town that I'm in. The town is called Salem. Uh, apparently there's just Salem's all over the fucking place. Uh, it's actually only an hour. No, there's a there's Salem, Mass, the the famous mm -hmm. one. There's Salem, yeah. New Hampshire, where I'm working. It's probably like an hour away. I went there and visited one day, well, one weekend, and then I know there's a Salem, Ohio, too, and there's a few others. I think there's one in like Oregon or something too. Yeah, I wanted to say Oregon too, but yeah. so when I went to Salem, it was like March or April. Salem, Mass. I went there for like. March or April, it was pretty cool. It was nice and chill. And one of my coworkers, he's from 
somewhere in Massachusetts, like fucking Worcester or something. And he's uh he's like, yeah, you don't want to go there in October. I'm like, why? He's like, you're not allowed to park on the street. You fucking park two towns over. They fucking shuttle you in. It is just a throng of people. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, how do they fit that? that? And like, it's an old town. So like the streets are super fucking tight. And like, there's this one like really cool street that has like a bunch of shops and shit on it. And it's like, you, you could maybe get fucking four people across. And I'm just like, dude, how do they fit all these people? But like, they have all the like cool witchy shops and like tarot places and like crystals and like all that. Like it's yeah. Like we went to this one store. Went to this one store and like me and the girlfriend and like this lady had like the like goth gig on and I'm like, cool. She's into heavy metal, my type of people. And like, she's like got like the crying face paint on and I'm just like all goth up. And like, you know, she's like checking us out and I'm just like trying to like, she's like talking about like this, that, or I'm like, do you even listen to heavy metal? And she's just like, what I'm like i just left there and i gave her a list of 10 bands to check out that were like yeah. goth and hardcore and cool i'm just like yeah here you go you might need this because it's gonna yeah. it goes with your mystique it's gonna you need to know two names pantera and slender oh no you i was giving her the rise. good stuff like uh, i'm like you need demu gear and lorna shore and <laughs> listen to lamb of god I, I was trying to think of stuff that was like witch related Oh, nothing. Yeah, like I knew Demubor gear is now like a lot of it is like into that realm. Like it still sounds like Demu, but it's like what the fuck Witchy. is going on? Casting and a spell it, on you. It's it's fucking hilarious because uh the guy that sings for Demubor gear, like have you ever heard his side project? Hmm. It's an amazing rock and roll band that he plays guitar for because he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to sing rock and roll. So they brought in the dude from the helicopters. I don't think I've heard of them. And they're pretty good. Yeah. But the band is called Chrome Division. I'll check it out. Yeah. Look up the album Booze, Broads, and Beelzebub. And it is. I, it is. I, Yes, you will love it. It is all like fucking rock and roll with a 50s rockabilly vibe, but it's not like rockabilly style music. It's fucking I'm into that. rock. Yeah. I like that. Like I'm I very much aged out of I don't want to say I aged out of punk, but I I firmly believe like somebody told me this when I was younger is that uh rockabilly is where punks go to retire. Okay, and I, I have very much fallen into that category. So like, I, I've been listening to a lot of rockabilly the last couple of years. There's nothing wrong with it. I liked. No. Fuck, who is it? There's one rockabilly punk band that I fucking liked when we were still in. Oh shit, who was it? Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, Tiger Army was around back then. Uh, I like them too. I like. I really like Tiger Army. I've been on Tiger Army kick for like six months. Tiger Army, fuck, who was it? I can't remember. I can't think of who they are right now. All I know is like some chick that was playing a stand-up bass and singing at the same time. The Interrupters? No. 
They're no. Dirty. And I stand by that they're ska. Ugh. I never got into ska. Couldn't I didn't either. Like, like I, I don't hate it. Like, I can listen to it like a... Uh, like real big fish every once in a while. Like they were great for uh, basketball. Um, like I thought that was the perfect soundtrack for basketball. Right. But I I never never got into Scott. It was just never my thing. My dad likes the Mighty Boss tones, and he handed me their CD one day. He's like, "Here, check this out. You might like it." And I'm like, "You listen to the Mighty Mighty no. Boss tones? I'm like what the <laughs> fuck, dude?" <laughs> it's a weird thing to just pull out of the left field. But he would just like hand me like the most random things or like he was the first person that played the album Smash by the Offspring for me and I'm like this is amazing. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I remember the first time I heard that like you know and it was like a brand new fucking it was a cassette back then. Yeah. Like there's like this thing we do in my family where it's just like, get in the car, let's just drive around for absolutely no reason other than to listen to music and to get out of the house. I mean, I'm like, into that, though. That works. I mean, yeah, I mean, you drive like two minutes away from where I grew up and like you're in the hills and the woods and like middle of fucking nowhere. And it's really awesome. That's nice. Yeah. That's cool. So like, you know, we'd go do that and like, like he's just like, check this out. And he puts on that album smash and like you know was like the first song on there after that introduction nitro no it's not nitro it it's the one where you know the fucking you know gets road rage and <laughs> pulls out a gun i believe that's oh yeah, yeah 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 Open the glove box, reach inside, gonna wreck this fuck bad habit. Wreck this fucker's <laughs> ride, cause I got a bad habit. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, I forget how old I was when I first heard it. Like, I had to be in the ballpark of 10 or under. Uh, and I'm just like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. And I am hooked. And, you know, back then I was also listening to fucking Slayer and Megadeth, thanks to my oldest brother. But I was also listening to Eric Clapton and fucking The Offspring, thanks to my dad. And my sister was yeah. into Nine Inch Nails. So I was just... It, it rounds you out. Yeah. Rounds yeah. you out real nice. I never got on the Blink-182 train until way later in life, too. But everyone else in my town loved it. I'm like, eh. I, I, they're fine. I never really, never really bought into them. Like, I, don't, I won't turn it off. But I'm never going to speak it out. It never spoke to me. It's just kind of like fun background music, the way that mm -hmm. like modern rap is. I'm like, oh, this is just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I have uh, on Spotify, I just started, you know, you like songs and you have your liked playlist. Yeah. And I just started adding a bunch of songs that, like, I like. Um, because, like I said, like, my drive to work. I have to drive from Vegas to super rural Arizona and there's not a lot of service. So Spotify will drop off. It won't load the next song, whatever it is, but all of your like songs are downloaded to your phone. Uh, like they're saved to your phone. So I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to make my own. It's not like a playlist. It's just a bunch of songs that I like that I can always listen to over and over again. 
and I was, my sisters came out here a couple months back and we were driving somewhere and it was just going from like, it was like a bleeding through song and then it went to like new, new uh, rap to 90s rap, like Bone Thugs and Harmony. And then it went to like some rockabilly song and then it was just like all over the place. And she's just like, what the fuck are we even listening to? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's my playlist for my drive to work. And she's just like, why? Why? Like, what is it? I'm like, that's just a bunch of stuff. She's like, why do you listen to all of this? I'm like, you can't just pigeonhole yourself into one spot. Like, you should, you know, expand your horizon. She's like, but this is just, this makes no sense. Because, like, like I said, like, I'll go from, like, it was, like, Iron Maiden, and then it went to, like, Tupac. And it was just yeah. polar opposites. And she's just like, what the fuck is happening to your, to your music right now? I'm like, oh, I like it. Now, me and the girlfriend have a Spotify playlist that we just, like, both add shit into. So, like, obviously, I'm into the more fucking hardcore and heavy stuff. But, like, I try and keep it on the lighter side for her for that playlist. And then... Yeah she's into country and like you know modern rap and stuff because she's got a fitness studio so like dance dancier music as i'd like to describe it but you know i'd still also call it rap and also some country sitting there so there's like nine inch nails fucking lighter end of heavy metal some punk and country like just dude it's all over the fucking map and it is yeah one of my favorite i like stuff like that yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, like we put it on when we're doing like arts and crafts or chores and shit, and we're just like, fuck yeah. And then I make her go, I'm like, all right, which version of of her? She likes John Cash's better. Can't say I blame her. <laughs> yeah. I like stuff like that. I just realized that I was thinking about I feel like podcasts should be more structured like, like anytime I listen I, to something there's like an outline that should be followed and we're just straight up bullshitting for an hour yeah uh, that's kind of what I love about it is that it is and like we're hitting the major points where it's just like hey what's up how you doing why'd you join the Marine Corps you didn't have an open contract cool back to bullshit <laughs> I'm into it yeah no i mean a couple of them have followed that kind of you know formatty thing or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to fucking call it but for the most part like fuck it if we're just talking and having a good time whatever i mean if you want i can ask you fucked up questions (laughs) i don't think we want those answers I mean, all right, let's do it then. All right, would you rather give the first 90% of a blowjob or the <laughs> last 10%? How did I know? How did I know it's going to be a would you rather? <laughs> I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. Uh, so I did oh. one of these with Farva, and I... Uh, mm. I was using a different service and that's why I switched to this now because this one just works a lot better and easier. Like it didn't record my audio and I'm just like, motherfucker. But like the question I I asked him was, I'm like, would you rather 
blow 100 dicks once or one dick 100 times. He's like, let's really think about this. Let's break it down. And he's like, he's like, if it's the one dick 100 times, I have plausible deniability that he's a liar, Your Honor. I'm like, all right, that's a good choice. You're still a cocksucker. He's like, I knew that's where you're going with it. I'm like, right. yep. You're building like, a thousand bridges. I'm like, hey, man, if you want the one 100 times, I mean, you could just make 100 people's day. Spread I feel like if you did, if you did just a hundred randoms, there's no connection. But if you blow one person a hundred times, you're going to develop some form of relationship because eventually you're going to have to like, hey man, how's your day? Good to see you. Oh, that sucks. All right, let's get to it. And then you just get after it. And eventually that builds into a relationship and that's how they get you. Oh, yeah. So I saw another great question. Saw another great question where it was, uh, uh, what would you do if all of a sudden you started um, coming a pint of ice cream every time you blew your load? And then people found out about this and they just wanted it in their life. And I then what the if the... Then the next step, like was, the next part of the question was, um, what would you do if President Biden found out that you were blowing a pint of ice cream every time you came and he wanted some? I'd run this guy. And I'm like, I'm like, oh shit! So I asked one of, my, I sent it to one of my buddies. Is like, I'd take one for the team and I'd try and choke him. <laughs> well, my concern is, does it come out cold? Or is it cold when it hits the air? Like, how is that? How's what's the mechanics here? Because yeah, obviously, if you have blue balls, it must be cold. I mean, they're naturally they're naturally fluidities cooler than body heat, anyways. That's how they work. That's why they sit outside the body. Um, So I think the real question, and Stumball brought this one up, is like, well, am I if I if if it's cookies and cream, like you know, does is it hurt? I'm like, that's yeah, a like, like question. A, is it like a passing of stone? Right? Does one get stuck and then the ice cream backs up? I mean, or can it only be like or, standard flavors like chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, pistachio? Yeah. Pistachio is a regular pistachio, flavor. Pistachio, I think, would be more concerning because it's green. Well, it's green, one, yeah. but it only has tiny chunks of pistachio in it, but it's still fucking delicious. Yeah. I'm not super pistachios, but I get where you're going. I I, I, I get where you I, I can pick up what you're laying down. It's an That's underrated concerning. flavor of ice cream. I mean, it's not one yeah. that I'm ever gonna pick up on a, like a daily basis. Because if I go to the store and I'm not gonna lie, I had a pint of fucking Haagen Dazs before we started this because it was 98 <laughs> degrees outside, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm hungry and hot ice cream. But it was chocolate peanut butter pretzel. Oh. Yeah. That sounds amazing. That's uh, fucking great. Chocolate ice cream with peanut butter ripples, random chunks of chocolate inside, and then just like broken up pretzel bits. It's fucking amazing. That sounds fantastic. See, this is the problem. This one's fat because things like that exist. You know, like if food was just oatmeal, I'd probably be fucking ripped. But <sighs> steak exists and potatoes. And steak is better for you than oatmeal. Yeah, but I mean, like, if it was just bland, you know what I mean? Like, if food wasn't delicious. Because that's my I mean, problem. I prefer I food I, to be delicious. I do, too. But that's also why I'm I mean, fat. 
But I also don't want to sit down with a fucking bag of Doritos anymore. I'd rather just be like, yeah, man, fucking steak and a fucking loaded baked potato. Yeah. And that's what we do. Like, like we go out to, uh, before the kid came and we're trying to get back to it. Um, we would go out to like a date night once a month. Hell yeah. And we would pick like a really nice restaurant. Um, so we, we've hit, I don't want to say all the steakhouses cause this is Vegas. And I don't think that's physically possible. Um, but we've hit like the big ones. So like one month we went to Hell's Kitchen, which if you ever are out here, go to Hell's Kitchen. Okay. Like that beef, that beef Wellington will change your life. It was so yeah. good. <clears throat> Mac and cheese with like prosciutto and the potatoes oh, were, they were so oh. smooth. It was just, oh dude, oh. so good. It was phenomenal. Um, there's another place out here called Echo and Big that we went to, been there a couple times. Um, there's a steakhouse called Herbs and Rye that does a happy hour, but instead of happy hour on drinks, it's happy hour on steaks. That's my and dream. So like, like we did, I got like a fillet. It was like an eight ounce fillet, like really good fillet, and I think it cost like twenty bucks. Fuck yeah, it was good. But we went, we ate our body weight in Mexican food two nights and two nights ago. I mean, that sounds like a great thing to me. Yeah. Well, she, because uh, my wife drinks margarita. I don't drink tequila or margaritas. <clears throat> I don't blame you. So she, she did, uh, they do a margarita flight. And like when you think of like a flight, like a flight of beers, it's usually like little, yeah. you know, two, three ounces, something like that, right? Yeah, something like these that. Were, these were full, like eight to 10 ounce margaritas. Holy and fuck. she got, she got four of them. And she's like, I can't do this. I'm like, you, you, yes, you can. Like, I believe in you. Oh, you know, she was all oh, you like she was she was sober for, you know, the better part of a year, you know, with mm-hmm. the kid cooking the kid. So she's, you know, slowly working her way back in. But, and she's it's not just, cooking a kid. It's bodybuilding. <laughs> it's cooking. It's cooking a little cream pie. That's all it is. Fully baked. Fully baked. But yeah, it's anyway, like slowly year off all the margaritas. Yeah, she was just like, she's like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm like, you, you have to, you have to, I believe in you. But it did not sit well with her on top of, you know, a bunch of like a steak and queso fresco and all the other things. Like, it was good. It was really good. Like, that's the problem with Vegas, man. Like, there's so much good food here. Like, and it's really hard for me to not eat everything. Dude, I get random like videos of like people making like amazing food stuff like in Vegas. I'm like, God damn it, I need to go there. Dude, it's like, everywhere. That's a problem. Fuck. That's how we figure out uh that's how we figure out where we're going on our date nights. Because we'll just go on Instagram and figure out what somebody posted for you know, like, oh you have to try this in Vegas. We're like, all right, cool, let's go try that in Vegas. Like there's uh there's a place called Slanders fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Um have you heard of it or have you, I don't know if it's just here or if it's other places. I don't know. Um, but it's, they do 50, 50 burgers. So it's 50% bacon, 50% hamburger. Uh, ooh. Yeah. And they have one, it's like, uh, like they have a, like a secret menu item 
that's yeah. uh, like you have to find like some QR code on the table or on the menu or something. Like it's not hidden, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And it's like the whale burger or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like two 50 50 patties, lobster tail, this billion, oh, like we call it like billion dollar bacon. It's like thick cut bacon, which is essentially just pork belly cut into strips, you know, like good pork belly. Not like a Jimmy Dean bullshit, like actual bacon. Oh, yeah. Um, thick cut, and uh, they'll put that and they cover it in gold dust. And then they add a lobster tail and like caviar and a bottle of like Dom Perignon or some shit. It's like five bucks for two people. Holy fuck. Yeah. But like the burgers are phenomenal. They do uh, just everything that's fantastic. We did that. I was like, this is a mistake. You did the whale burger? No, no, I didn't do it. We did something else. Like I did. She did like the million dollar burger or billion dollar or something like that, but they just coat it in gold dust, like edible gold dust. Okay. And they have like candied bacon that goes on there and it's like a double burger. And it was uh, a spinach artichoke dip and a sourdough bread bowl. And, like, it, hurt to, it hurt to breathe for like two hours, but it was, it was, it was worth it. Uh, like, it's all, all meals Vegas. like that. Yeah. One thing I can't yeah, see, I, would... I did find, I did finally find a good cheesesteak. Oh. But the one thing I cannot find is good cush puppies. Like, really? that's the one thing about the South I miss is a good hush puppies. I just can't oh, find good fuck ones. yeah. Like, I found okay ones, but not like, I don't know. There was this place, I don't remember what it was called. I don't even know if it had a name. If it was actually even a restaurant, or if I just walked into somebody's house. Um, it was out in Jacksonville. And it was, like, if you remember, you, you left the, the New River Gate and you made a left and you headed towards Wilmington. Yeah. Um, do you remember Singleton? He was in my show. Yes. Yeah. Go, a good old boy, like goofy shit. But like a state champion rep wrestler who would just fuck you up for no reason. Oh. Um, fucking asshole. He used to just beat the shit out of me. Dude, Haas was he the same like, way. Like, they look well, like they Haas can't read. read. They're just, yeah. Like, they can't read, but fuck you. But beat the shit out of me. And like, it's fine. Like, I'll teach you how to read. Like, it's fine. But uh, he lived in like a double line. Like, do you remember there was like a... It wasn't like a trailer park, but it was... A trailer park, for lack of a better word, like there were a bunch of like neighborhood double lines. Yeah, on the way it was it was on the right hand side if you were driving towards Wilmington. Um, out that direction, like I took some random road, like I think it was headed, I don't know where I was going, I don't remember. But I was driving and it was just green, it's just trees and grass, you know, like once you get out of the city in North Carolina. And I was driving and I saw this sign that said barbecue. I was like, cool, I'm into some barbecue. And it was like a shack that just walked in and I was like, oh, you have hush puppies? I like hush puppies. I like some brisket and some ribs. And it was the best food I'd ever had in my entire life. And it became the staple for hush puppies for me. And I can't find anything that good. 
I have that same problem with bacon, egg, and cheese on a biscuit. Really? Yeah. And do you know where my favorite place to get it was? Where? You know that gas station where you turn left to go to Stone Bay Ranges? Yes. So you leave base, you go to drive down like you're going to Wilmington, and then you take that Mm -hmm. left to go to that road. That gas station right there had like a full fucking like restaurant. Well, not a restaurant side, but like, but they had like all the biscuits were like the size of your fucking hand if you hold it up like this. And so like there'd be two eggs. The biscuit was phenomenal. Like two or three slices of fucking cheese and like a bunch of fucking bacon. And I loved it. And I was living in Holly Ridge. So, you know, working nights, I get out at like fucking six to fucking eight in the morning. So this would be my dinner most days as I'd fucking go grab two of those and then pass out for four hours and come back. Is that the same gas station? Like if you turn left there and you, but you kept going down that road, there was a strip club on the left-hand side. I don't remember. I might be, I think I might be thinking of something a little bit further, but I remember there was like a big gas station that had a little like food in there. And I, I stopped in there one time when I was on my break. We stopped to get gas, but that's all I did was get gas. Now I really regret not going in there. Yeah, that one had like fucking old ladies like frying up fucking chicken and making biscuits. Like, oh, yeah. And it was like, dude, that's, it. Like, that's all you need. That's, I that's the tell best. people all the time. I'm like, that was the best place to get like, like I don't know if they had biscuits and gravy, but they had biscuit, egg, and cheese on a <clears> fucking <throat> yeah, that sandwich. Oh, I fucked so many of those up. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I love stuff like that. The yeah, one and then I went to New one Jersey time. to work for like four years, and then I got had to get bacon, egg, and cheese on bagels. And New Jersey's got some not, great fucking bagels for that. It's not the worst thing ever. Fuck no. One thing we don't have out here is like there's no like the shitty little restaurants. Like they're they're not shitty, but like they look shitty. Diners. You know, like that yeah. There's no diners, there's no like little gas station places that cook like trucker food, like none of that exists. At least like close. And I, mm-hmm. I honestly hate it. Like I there is one diner, it's the pepper mill, but it's it's mm-hmm. all the way downtown. And it's not really a diner, it's just restaurant that's been there since ever and it has a very diner feel right but there's there's no little mom and pop diners there's not they don't really exist out here yeah i have a lot of those out by me that's nice that's one thing i miss about yeah that's one thing i miss about small towns yeah but but on the other hand, you're just like, oh, God, I need like this one random thing. And I can either I order it. it online and wait three days or drive like two fucking hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that is the nice thing about Vegas is everything's 24 hours here. And I, I always forget that other places aren't like that. Mm-hmm. If I go somewhere, we're like, oh, let's go get some food. Or like, uh, like I said, like I work in Arizona and there's small little towns. Um, and I remember I got off of a flight and 
it's like 3 a.m. and we were out of service for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some food. Like, I'm super hungry. And like, I didn't want the food that I brought. Like, I just want like something. And there's everything's closed. Walmart's closed and, you know, McDonald's is closed. And the only thing I could get was like a burrito. And that was just, it ruined everything for me. I was super disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I love food. Same. It's a real problem for me. Yeah, my girlfriend makes fun of me for it. She's like, do you think about anything other than food? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. She's like, you don't plan anything out the way you plan out food. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's important. Yeah. Like, uh, we had, uh, I'm trying to eat out less. Like, I'm trying to be better. Because, like I said, I got fat. So I got to deal with that. Um, I'm not working. I don't want to say I'm not working as hard. But, like, I'm, I don't have as a physically demanding job as I used to. Yep. <clears throat> so I'm a quick fat. And my wife's like, oh, do you want to order something to eat? I'm like, no, not really good. And she starts listing off like just quick places. I'm like, no. She's like, well, what about L&L? And I was just like, I mean, What's like, if you're going to, uh, it's Hawaiian barbecue. Oh. And I was like, I mean, like, if if you want that, I wouldn't say no to Locomoco. You know, like I could always, I guess, eat some Locomoco, and then I just terrorized an entire plate of Locomoco like in one sitting, and I did felt zero regret. Like I didn't care. It was delicious. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I recently discovered the joys of DoorDash, so uh, I know that feeling. It's a problem. It's a real problem. Well, I mean, it didn't really exist in my town, and then Mm -hmm. my girlfriend lives the other side of my county, where Mm -hmm. her town is a lot bigger, where there's actually DoorDash, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like... I don't have to go pick it up. She's like, nope, they pick it up for you and they'll bring it. I'm like, ah, sweet. So the problem that I found with like DoorDash and Uber Eats and all of those like delivery uh, places is it's so expensive. Oh yeah. Like if you're doing it every once in a while, like it was, it was a, it was actually really nice here during COVID because all the restaurants were open, but you couldn't go into the restaurants. So like you could do like, they had a drive-thru, you could go through the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. But you know, anybody who worked in food was you know deemed an essential worker because people have to eat. And you couldn't go to grocery stores except for, you know, like you remember all the, all the fucking nonsense that went down. So- I remember, Uber I didn't Eats. care about any yeah. of it. And, well, it was because we're such a big city it was there was lockdown like vegas i drove down the strip during like peak lockdown like those first two weeks where everything got shut down i was yeah. on the ambulance and i drove down the strip i have a picture of it somewhere and it's literally no one on the strip like las vegas strip was completely barren no people walking i was the only vehicle and it was wildly uncomfortable it was so uncomfortable <clears throat> so like, that's that's what happened here like everything like they shut lockdown and everything got shut down for two weeks everything closed 
um, unless you were, you know, deemed essential. So we leaned pretty heavily on to, you know, that's when Uber Eats really picked up and like all that stuff started. So during the rest of it, you know, after that, we would start using Uber Eats and Postmates because we're each, we're both working on the ambulance. And, you know, that's a 12 hour shift that very quickly becomes a 14 and sometimes a 16, you know, depending on what's going on. So, you know, I get home, I don't want to cook food. I don't want to do anything. So we'd start Uber Eats and start picking stuff up. The fun thing about Uber Eats now is, like, like I said, I work in Arizona, so I'll fly from Parker to Phoenix, which is about an hour and a half flight, or I'll fly from Fort Mojave to Vegas, about 45 minutes, give or take. Mm-hmm. We figured out all the restaurants that are close to the hospitals that we're going to, and we've started to figure out, or like other airports and stuff where we go to gas. Usually it's when we get gas. Um but we will set up an Uber Eats to be ordered and delivered by the time we've dropped off our patient. And we'll just meet them out front of the hospital, get our food, get in the helicopter, and then leave. Nice. It's fucking awesome. Have you had a. That is pretty great. There's a place that works out of Denny's Kitchens. And I, again, I don't know if it's just here, but I know it's Vegas and I know it's Phoenix. It's called the Melty Way. I have not and heard of this, no. They do grilled cheeses. And like they have their staple of just, you know, it's like four cheese grilled cheese, which oh. is fantastic. But they also have a, a Triton grilled cheese. They have a burnt oh. ends grilled cheese. They have like a made dessert grilled cheese that has like blueberry jam and whipped cream. And there's a reason I am a quick fat in this fucking city. <laughs> Because all of that exists. So I do remember, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I went to Denny's just because I found out that they had a grilled cheese that had cheese sticks in it. Oh. Like this was a regular Denny's item. I'm like, I have to go try this. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds really good. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it was like yeah. five bucks or whatever with fries. And I'm just like, Sweet. Yeah, sold. Give me two. Pretty well, I mean I don't know if I need two of the fries, but I'd take two of those sandwiches. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh dude, over in Cleveland, there's a grilled cheese restaurant called Melt, and they have mm-hmm. amazing like creations that are just absolutely fucking insane. I wish I could remember yeah. what they had, but yeah, it's really Good. All I remember is I thoroughly enjoyed it. There's a, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I do want to go to that. The, so it I really, think the best. It's hit or miss with what's on display at the time because they rotate well, you know, everything in and out. Oh, did, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was so, just like, you know, all there for all the time for whatever reason. So they have all the stuff, but they have so much fucking stuff that they do different displays in like different parts of it. And so I think one of the things I saw was they had like an, a, an Ohio band section. So Chimera was fucking uh, uh, displayed in there. And then like all the way at the top of the pyramid, it was like the history of like rock and roll and media and like, and like up at the tops, like really fucking small, but it was still pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Like, 
Yeah, down by the base, they had like Motown ish stuff and like it was, yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it was pretty cool. But it wasn't like phenomenal. And then, like, what, but the whatever you call it, the people that like work there and are like, hey, like, I have a question about this. I mean, it's the Midwest, it's Cleveland. So they're like super fucking happy and helpful but also super knowledgeable and they will like take you down a fucking rabbit hole of just like, all right, you got a touch of the tism, bro. Like, like what's going on? Uh, <laughs> you touch. Like, uh, like how much do you know about this? And it's just like, I've been working oh, here since 1974. It's just like, Holy shit. I was but here like, when rock wow. and roll was invented. I got to play my, my grandfather invented the electric guitar. It was not invented in Cleveland. How dare you? <laughs> But like, no, they're like super helpful and super happy. And like, they'll tell you like, there was like some fucking sequindy, like sparkly fucking dress from like one of the temptations or whatever. And he was like, I overheard him talking to someone else about it, about like how like this one stitch got fucked up on a TV show and you can see it happen. And by the way, we play it on loop over here. And it's just like, what the (laughs) hell? That's... You can barely specific. see it. I'm just like, yeah, like, no, it was, uh, I was impressed by those people, but they didn't have like all the phenomenal stuff out. And apparently they put that out more when they're doing the the Hall of Fame inductions. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm like, they, yeah uh, it, you know, right. did you hear about the, uh, the punk museum they just opened out here? Yeah. I do believe I fucking like asked you about that. Like, I want to go I check it like, out when it opened. I want to go to that too. Me and Ryan want to make I, a pilgrimage. Uh, so I guess the guy that found it, uh, opened it, whatever you want to call it, uh, is the, what's his name? Fat Mike from the transplants. And I thought everyone's Fat Mike going. was from MXPX. Oh, How many MXPX Fat Mikes are there? I think, it, I think it is MXPX. Or no effects? Uh, one, one of the X's. One of the Fat one of the exes, one of the fat mics. Um, but he's the the guy who created it. And I guess mm-hmm. if you go on there on you know certain days, he's there. And a friend of mine went, and he took her on a tour of the whole place. <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. I like my, uh, would think that was the coolest. It's super cool. Have you ever, have you ever seen or heard? Um, he wrote a musical. I don't know if it ever made it onto Broadway, but he was really trying to. Fat Mike? Fat Mike. No, and no, it's I'm like, you got to look up the song, Everybody's a Little Bit Racist. And it's exactly what you expect from that title and Fat Mike. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I want to go. That's great. That's one thing I didn't expect out of Vegas. There's actually some really cool museums here. Mm -hmm. Um, Like uh, they have the Mob Museum, which 100% tracks. Um, I went. The best part about the Mob Museum is under in the basement. We have a bar. It's called the Underground. Sweet. And during like during normal business hours, like, you know, whatever, like, let's say they open at four to like six, right? 
you can just go in through the museum, whatever, as long as the bar is open during the museum hours, there's big signs that just says the underground and you just go down to the bar. The bar itself is phenomenal. Um, they have like this massive selection of like whiskey, but you know, like, let's say you wanted to go try something super expensive, right? Like Johnny blue, Johnny blue's trash, but you know, if you're into it, I support you. I, you know, I'll still love you. Um, but it's really expensive. It's like a $250 bottle, right? So if you go to a regular bar and you buy a shot of Johnny Blue, it's going to cost like 15, 20 bucks. What you can do is they have this wall and you essentially get like a, like almost like a gift card. It's like a prepaid little chip card at the bar, put 20 bucks on it. And then you go and they have this just yeah. wall of liquor, right? You go over to the liquor, you find whatever number it is. And you put the card in and they have multiple sites. So it's not like, you know, running 40 feet through some nasty lines, put in the selection number and you can choose a quarter ounce, a half ounce, a full ounce, two ounces, you know, however much. And you just, you know, pay however much that math is for a quarter ounce of Johnny blue. And then it pours you a quarter ounce and you sip on your expensive taste of whiskey. And they have it for like 50 different whiskeys that they have Pappy Van Winkle, like they have like all the things you've never had, you know? And then along inside the bar, they have all like little museum pieces. So they have like old stills that were used by, you know, rum runners or whatever. Um, but the museum yeah. itself, the museum itself actually has a working distillery and they sell, okay. uh, they sell, it's called the underground whiskey or underground moonshine or something like that. And it's made at the museum and they sell it. The museum is in, a, in the old Las Vegas city courthouse. So you go to this courthouse and it's a whole mom museum. And then you go to the basement and it's a bar. Now, once the museum closes, you can't access the bar, right? Except you can, you go around the back and behind some bushes. And there's the stairs where like, if you're going to go to jail, where they would take you out to take you to jail. Nice. The staircase is it's hidden by bushes. You go down there, you knock on the door, and if you know the password, because they put it out on like Instagram like once a week. If you don't know the password, they're like, Oh, you can't come in, right? But if you know the password, they let you in it's like the whole this whole like secret, you know, underground bar. It's fucking awesome. That's great. I mean, the first time I went, my wife was uh she went to this like magnet high school or whatever. Um and they were like they're trying to do fundraising because it's a private 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 school um <clears throat> so they have their, their like uh alumni that have succeeded in life come and give you know a speech or whatever and she at the time she was working on the ambulance she had a bachelor's in bio she had just finished her master's in micro and she was trying to get into med school so she came in and she did this whole speech or whatever the museum was closed which i was you know super upset about because i wanted to go to the museum but after everybody was done we went downstairs to the bar and just got wrecked like one of the best old fashions i've ever had in my life um did we also have the neon museum so like my i i, I want my kid to get older so i can take him on all these adventures of places that i want to go to but like do it under the guise of doing it for the child fuck um, yeah right so like the, the neon museum is all of the signs from the old casinos that have been knocked down. 
So like the Sahara, the Aladdin, like all of the, all the old school Vegas signs, instead of destroying yeah. them, they sent them to this place and now it's a museum. <clears throat> Fuck yeah. yeah. Super cool. Um, we have, there's the uh, part of the natural museum of natural history is the old Mormon fort because I didn't know until I learned this, uh, Vegas was actually founded by the Mormons. Yes. And had I have idea. heard that somewhere. And they the, the original fort is still there. So you can go and look at that. I like, I, I like stuff like that. Um, they have the atomic museum that's all about all the nuclear testing. Right? Stuff like that. Like, it's fucking super wow. cool. That sounds fucking rad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm super excited to go do all that. But like first stop is Pung Museum. Yeah, I'd go to the punk rock museum like a motherfucker. I'm super excited. Wait, I'll let you know when I go. Send me a bunch of pictures. But if you guys decide uh, to make a trip out here, let me know. I think I'm going to just because it's super easy to get to and there's things to do. And like, I could have fun yeah, in Vegas. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like the gamble, so I'd like stay at the house. I could <clears throat> find other things to do. I travel for work so i have a ridiculous amount of hotel points i, I live outside of vegas too like so like most people yeah. when they come to vegas they want to do vegas like i live way north mm. so like i'm a good 20 minutes to the strip yeah. there's traffic so but Last it's always couple, one of those things. like i was yeah i went for like we had an all-company meeting there once and so i left early and like I took my hotel points and I stayed like three blocks off the strip. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this super ghetto, isn't walking it? distance. No, it wasn't bad. Dude, everything around the strip was so ghetto. So it's fun fact, right? So like I said, okay. I worked in the ambulance out there almost six years, right? In Vegas, one of the busiest systems in the country. It's like LA, New York, and Vegas and Chicago. Um, we would go. You know, you see all the strip and all that stuff. Like, I, we hated the strip. Hated the running of the strip just because it's some tourist. They're drunk. They're going to yell at you. They're going to try and fight you. Traffic's mm -hmm. annoying. It's a pain. The upside of driving the strip is in an ambulance here, we can oppose traffic. So we can drive into traffic. So we would drive into traffic on, like, a Saturday night and just force traffic out of our way because it would be faster than sitting wherever we were. So you'd mm -hmm. see all these out-of-towners just panic like fear in their eyes at this ambulance coming at him at like 40 miles an hour, just air horns going. And we're yelling <laughs> out the windows, like, get out of the way, you idiot. What are you stupid? Like, not like, no, like, like they're not, they're panicked because I'm going the wrong direction, but it was one of the most fun things that I can do. Um, but as soon as we just go off the strip, it's just super ghetto. Like behind the stratosphere is a place called the naked city. It is one of the okay. most violent places. Uh, it's one of the most violent places in the city. Um, then right by by UNLV off the strip, I'd say about five minutes, maybe less, depending you know the the direction you go. Is uh, this intersection? It's now called Twain University Center. It used to be called Twain okay. Swenson. Um, statistically, the most violent place in Nevada. Holy shit! And it's literally five minutes off the strip. 
like always going in there we're always running some overdose um somebody high on meth that's fighting cops um gf like gunshots stabbings assaults constantly like hostage situation you know how many hostage situations take place in the city so many no actually i don't because like technically for a hostage situation all you need is like let's say you know you're at, at home with your girlfriend and the cops want to come in they have a warrant for whatever reason and you don't let him in that's now a hostage situation right? really it's a barric it's barricaded right like you lock your doors you put something in front of your doors now it's a barricade situation and then SWAT gets involved and it's a whole it's a whole thing because all you need is one person I didn't realize that the barrier for that was so low. I mean, by all technical standards, like we would do it all the time. We're just like, oh, barricade, like great, awesome. I'm going to get a two hour nap in. The SWAT eventually shows up and then we're not going to have to do anything. This is going to be great. We loved getting those because we'd be so tired. And then I find them like, oh, yes, I got a nap. And then you hear like water charges going off. You wake up and flash bangs. Like, did we get them? All right, I'm good. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get out of here then, and we just leave. <laughs> like they'll pull us in. Like we'll like we'll do um they'll do raids, right? SWAT will request anytime that SWAT does a raid, they have a marshal who's also a paramedic, um, and that's for the team, right? So like if they get shot, they take care of their people. We can't do that because we're not tactically trained. And we don't carry guns, so we can't protect ourselves. We would have to rely on them to protect us. So it becomes like a whole tactical problem. Right. So what they do is where there is a transport, like a treat and transport unit, um, for if anybody, like officers, you know, always go first because, you know, you take care of your own people. Um, and especially if cops are putting people out, they're going to take care of their own people. Right. Um, but most of the time, like cops don't really get shot. It's usually somebody else gets hurt from either. Like they get tased, pepper sprayed, maybe somebody gets shot, but it's, it's fairly rare. Um, so they'll put us, they'll tell us to meet at wherever situation they do the whole sector. Like you'll get put on like to a standby and then you get a phone call and they're like, yeah, you're going to meet with SWAT at this intersection. It's gonna, they're gonna get there in like an hour, but we're just gonna take you out of service and you're gonna sit there. So we go there, we sit for an hour, get a nap in, spot rolls up, and it's usually behind like an abandoned building, you know, like a Walmart or something like that you wouldn't suspect. Um, they get dressed, they get all their stuff together, and then they come over, they hand us a radio and a map, and then we, can, we go listen to their debrief. They're like, all right, this is who we're going for. This is what they did. These are, you know, we have, we've had people watching the house for two days. There's no kids in the house. They're there by themselves. They leave the house at this, like it's surprisingly coordinated. And the whole tactic of it goes out the window at the last minute because there's like three bear cats and then an ambulance and like six uh, cruisers. And we just run down the middle of the road at like 15 miles an hour go into the neighborhood, I park, and then you just hear them like, like police, and then you just hear flashbangs going off, water charges blowing off doors, and we just take a nap for the whole time and listen to the radio, nobody's shot, like, cool, we're clear, here's your radio, and then we bounce. Jesus. It's an interesting job. 
It really is. Yeah. It's like, you know, massively different than what I deal with every day, which is just like, ah, shit, I gotta fucking go fix that. Well, like, I, uh, so I've dropped to, I went for eight, two years ago, almost, maybe right. a year and a half ago. So I'm not on an ambulance anymore. Um, I'm only flying and I'm teaching. So I'm teaching at the college here. And that's super annoying right now because I'm creating lectures and it takes forever because I want to put everything I know onto a PowerPoint and it's really hard to do. Um, because I just talk and I'm way better just talking and explaining than I'm writing it down because my literacy knows no bounds. Um, but I, I'm per diem flight now because I'm taking care of the kid. So I went, I did my first shift in like three weeks, something like that. And it's very much a like, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it type of situation. So I was super nervous. Right. I go back to the base that I started at super high volume, like always somebody's dying, like somebody is super, super sick. And we don't get any calls. Like I get a nap in. I'm like, that's going to be a good day. Like I'm into this. I like this. I'm here for 24 hours. I don't have to do a full 48. Like I got lunch. Like this is awesome. And then our mechanic walks in. He goes, oh, did you guys see that a truck ran into the gas station? I'm like, oh, that's weird. He goes, yeah, it's on fire. I'm like, uh, look out. And you see plumes of black smoke. And I was on the phone with my wife. I'm like, I got to call you back. Like, we're going to get a flight out of this. Like, something's going to happen. As soon as I come up the phone, we got put on standby. We're on standby for about 15 minutes. And then we get a call that we're going to, we're getting a patient. Come to find out, the one day that I work, a semi truck blasts through an intersection, having like 50 Ooh. miles an hour, um, like small small town, uh, takes out four or five cars, drives Ooh. into a gas station, semi truck rolls onto its side, catches fire, catches the gas station on fire. Ooh. 11 people involved, four dead, um, seven transported, and we got one of them. And it's this poor little old lady and her forehead's all smashed in and she's got blood in her mouth and we're just like, cool. And the only thing that I did, like other than just general patient care, I had to, I had to intubate her and I'm like, oh, I haven't done this in almost a month. Like, let's see if I still got it. And then I just like, oh, look at that. I can do, I can do my job. Like it's super dark because we're making jokes because all these <clears throat> These EMS kids in these rural towns, they don't really see super sick people. Like, they don't see big traumas like that very often. Right. So I'm having uh, I'm having the kid, the EMT, like, bag and, you know, do all the little work where I don't want to focus on. And she's just, like, shaking. I'm like, you're good. You're good. It's not your emergency. You're doing great. I go in and intubate this old lady. Like, we do our thing. And she goes, oh, that was really cool. I look, I'm like, not bad for my first time, right? And she's just like, what? Yeah, I've never done this before. <laughs> she's like what do you mean i'm like today's my first day how did i do and she's just like what i'm like ah i'm just kidding and i just like we took the patient we flew her off to, to the hospital she's just like what the fuck was that yeah, yeah. So all we do is we just mess with people <laughs> like it's oh fuck yeah it's an interesting job though like it's fun i enjoy it just paralyze yeah. some little old lady we're short on ketamine, but usually we'll just dump somebody into a K-hole and then paralyze them and just put a bunch of drugs into their body. Oh, man. 
they tried to give me uh, nitrous when I got my vasectomy, and I'm like, I don't like this. Take this away. They tried to give you nitrous oxide. Oh yeah, that shit's weird. I'm like, I don't fucking like this, and like a bunch of other people would like had had it before, and they're like, oh yeah, like not for that, but for other reasons, and like I'm just like, what? No, like medically, like yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just whippets. My girlfriend's sister has like a place that does like Botox and a bunch of other aesthetic shit. Like I forget what type type of nurse she is, but something where she can do that. Yeah, aesthetic nursing. No, but like you know, it's not an RN and it's not an LPN. She can like you know like write scripts for like some things, Uh, like not everything. Yeah, that's it. Yep, and. And so she does that, and like one of so they have Pronox there, which is like I guess a branded form of fucking nitrous. And one of her employees started getting into tiny tattoos, and so they like tested it on my girlfriend, and like you know it's just like lines and shit, and like yeah. they gave her the Pronox where she was getting the tattoo, and she's like it was fucking great. I didn't feel a thing. Yeah, and I didn't care. So I'm like, this is what I was going off of when they like, they, like asked me at the vasectomy. They're like, "Do you want nitrous?" I'm like, "Sure, sure. why not? Why not?" So give me like I got this mask on, and they're like, "Yeah, it'll probably be like a minute." And like the nurse is like talking to me and stuff, and she's like, "Do you feel anything yet?" I'm like, "No, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel normal, whatever." I'm like, "I feel like you know if it goes down like slightly from this, and I just don't give a shit, whatever." cool and then the world just went and i'm like no and the nurse is looking at me she's like are you okay and i'm like no no i'm not she's like do you want me to turn the nitrous off i'm like yes yes i do please do that (laughs) she's like all right so she turns off the night she's like keep the mask on your face you're getting pure oxygen right now and i'm like Okay, and then like 30 seconds later, I'm like, yeah, she's like, you didn't like that? I'm like, no, she's like, that's rare. I'm like, all right, I don't know why people like that. Fuck that shit. Now I know if everyone ever offers me that again, I'm like, yeah, I would like to give you nitrous for this procedure. I'm going to be like, the fuck you will. Yeah, no, it never appealed to me. It's never, never wanted to be part of that. Yeah, I was, uh, was not a fan. No. Like, like yeah. uh, I, I had to get a, a root canal a, few, uh, a couple of years back. Right. And the problem is I'm a ginger. And statistically, anybody with red hair has a very high tolerance for like the cane family. So like lidocaine, xylocaine, like any of those numbing agents. Okay. And the problem that I have, and I, I hate the dentist. I would rather all my teeth fall out than go to the dentist. Like I don't care. Um but they're like, no, we'll make you up. We'll do all this. And I'm like, look, you need to put it in your chart. Like the Novocaine, lidocaine, it does not work on me. Like you have to go to the max dose. And even then I'm probably still going to feel it. They're just like, no, 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 it'll be fine. We got the older surgeon. He's really, really good. I'm like, all right. And they told me they're like, he'll have extra stuff. Okay. Like I'm into that. Cause pretty much I'm going to show up. They're going to give it to me. And then I'm going to tell them it's not going to work. So I'll get something else. Uh, every dentist does not listen. 
Every single fucking one of them. It's fucking monsters. So I go in there, and they're just loading me up with lidocaine. And they're like, oh, can you still feel it? I'm like, yes. They're like, really? I'm like, yes. Like, I fucking told you this. They're like, well, how do you know? I'm like, because I've been dealing with this since I was a kid. Like, it doesn't work. I'm like, do you have anything? They're like, well, usually I had nitrous. And I'm just like, put it in my body. Like, I don't care. Like, do something. Where is the Michael Jackson sleepy juice? Give me the fucking propofol. Like, put me to fucking sleep. You have MD at the end of her DO or whatever the hell, you know, doctor, DDM, that's what it is. I'm like, you are a fucking doctor. You went to medical school. Get the fucking script pad out and give me some happy medicine. And he's just like, everybody's usually really good with lidocaine. So, like, I didn't bring anything. Because the oral surgeon, like he has his own like little surgical suite in the dentist's office, but he right. doesn't normally work there. Like he just shows up by appointment. He's like, so all I have is lidocaine. I'm like, you motherfucker. I'm like, go find something. And he's like, well, we're almost done. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a fucking liar. And I already know this. Fun part about this is like, I told them this. Like I had violently told them. Like I can feel everything. And like he had kind of gotten me to a point where I was moderately numbed. And he's like poking my little root of my tooth. He's like, Can you feel that? Can you feel that? I'm like, No. He goes, All right. Uh, he goes, Most people, he's like, Just so you know, most people have three nerve, two or three nerve endings in each tooth. I'm like, Okay. okay. Do I not have any? Like, what, what, where is this going? Like, am I a freak? What the fuck are you trying to tell? What are you trying to say to me? He goes, well, you have four. Okay. He's like, I'm at my max of lidocaine. Like, I can't give you any more medicine. I'm like, yeah, you can. I believe in you. He's like, no, like, I like, I can't. Like, it's it's dangerous at this point. I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, fuck. Like, give it to me. Put it in my body. He goes, well, I, I numbed up three nerves. I'm like, uh-huh. Where's the fucking lidocaine? He's, I'm like, why can't you give me anymore? Like, I'm awake, I'm fine, I'm, I feel okay. Like, I can make a rational decision, and that decision is to give me more fucking lidocaine. He goes, well, I don't have anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Okay, okay, so are we done for the day? Like, what? You gotta go get some? Like, you send somebody to the 7-Eleven? Like, what the fuck is the plan? He goes, uh, I'm gonna do this quick. And I'm like, you're gonna do fucking what quick? He goes... I need you to hold really still. And he proceeded to drill out an entire nerve ending in my fucking mouth without any fucking sedation. Like, did you ever see the, did you ever see the, uh, the horror movie, The Tooth Fairy? No. Super B, it's a super B movie. Like, it's years, 10, 20 years old. Like, it's old as shit. Um, but essentially this guy is like a serial killer and he snatches people up and he has like a dentist here and he just takes the drill and he just drills their fucking teeth out. Right. Like that's, that's how he tortures and kills people. And that's all I could see in my fucking brain while I felt every bit of that fucking drill with zero sedation. And it was, it was legitimately tortured. Like he's like, Oh, you did really good. And he pulled the, the drill out and I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> like I was so mad. He's like, "Oh man, yeah, I've just never had anybody look with that high of the tolerance." I'm like, "Maybe you fucking listen to me, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Finish." 
just fucking oh, dude, it was awful. Going to get like all the crown placed, and the 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 dental assistant, like very nice girl, very like it's not her problem in any way. And she's like, "Do you want some lidocaine?" And I'm like, "Fucking kill everyone!" You need to tell me there was more. You have more. She goes, "Yeah, the dentist here has a bunch." <laughs> cool, cool. So I just went through legal torture, and I paid you. Awesome, super excited about this. I just paid two grand to be tortured. This is fucking. So awesome. this motherfucker couldn't walk one room over and be like, "Hey, bro, you got any lidocaine?" That's my. That's exactly the fucking question I had. And I like I took everything for me not to yell at her because like I had to have that conscious thought like she didn't do it. You know, like it wasn't her decision. She had no part in this. She's just there to put the crown on. And I was just like, mm. still have I've not been back to the dentist since. This was like three years ago. And I refuse to go. My wife yells at me all the time. She's like, gingivitis leads to heart heart uh, failure. I'm like, good, good. My heart will fail before I go back to a fucking dentist. Like I'm not doing it. I mean, I can understand that's why people hate dentists. I just haven't been to one because I'm like, they're only open Monday to Friday. That's when I fucking work. I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't need it. Just brush your teeth. You'll be fine. I believe in you. Yeah. That's pretty much what I do. I brush. I'm I got those little flossers. I got some mouthwash. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You're good. That's all you need. Like, I firmly believe that dentistry is bullshit. Unless I also have never had a cavity. Really? Really. So, super fun fact, that root canal came from a cavity. It wasn't the cavity that I had. It was when I was a kid, I had a cavity, and they filled it, and they filled it wrong, and that caused a fucking root canal. So the dentist caused me to get a root canal. And like every time my wife tries to tell me that the dentist will help me, I'm like, no, because the, and then I just go off on a tangent for like 20 minutes. But she's essentially given up that fight. But every once in a while, she'll bring it up. She's like, you need to go to the dentist. I'm like, no. No. I, I'll tell you I'm going. I'll go sit in the parking lot, and my phone will show that I'm there. But I'm not going in there. I'm not. She keeps making me appointments, and I just pretend I don't know about them. I'm like, oh, I forgot. No, I'm fully aware. I'm not going. I'm not doing it. Because the, the other one, did you go to dental when you got out? Yes. Those motherfuckers. They carved an appointment into my fucking gums. Um, they actually, I thought I was going to get in a lot of trouble because I did it right before I got out. And I tattooed my lip, the inside of my lip, like two years before I got out. And like nobody ever sees it, right? I think I remember so that. I, yeah, like I went on leave and I was like, fuck it, let's tattoo the inside of my lip. Let's see what happens. And it still looks good. Like it's, from what I've heard, like one of the best holding up lip tattoos anybody's ever seen um but i go in to get dental and i remember it was a colonel or i guess a captain because he made me um and he's like cleaning my teeth and he like pulls my lip down and he's like what's this i'm like well i forgot i had it he goes you have a tattoo and i'm like ah oh, yeah i had that before i got in uh it should be in my record and it was just like a full panic response and he just looks at me and he's like uh-huh I'm like, yeah, it's weird that nobody saw it and I'm getting out next week and nobody has ever said anything about it. He's just like, okay. And then that was the end of it. Like, luckily I got a guy who was just super fucking cool. Because <laughs> I never went to dental when I was in because they're all fucking savages. Yeah, they pulled my wisdom teeth, but it took him two times to do it. 
So I got three removed the first time and the last one wasn't ready. So I had to wait like another like year and a half. I heard it was fun. Is I heard getting your wisdom teeth out of the military is literally the worst things that could happen to you. I honestly think the worst part about the worst part about it was when it was putting the needle in for the lidocaine for me. Oh, I hate that so much. I mean, that was it. I heard what they do is they essentially like they numb you up, and then they take like a little chisel and they break the teeth into four pieces. And they just pull the pieces out. That's what I, I don't know. I know they I had like, like very real feeling. Mine weren't uh, like fully out. They were just like showing through the fucking gum in the back. Mm-hmm. So they had to like cut and pull. Uh, no. So I don't know it's about awful. fucking like I don't remember. It was fucking twenty years ago. Maybe yeah. nineteen. It was a while ago. I don't. I also don't like to think about how long ago I was in. That makes me feel real old because I'd be retiring next year. I would be. I would have been retired in July. Yeah, I would be retiring in January. Mm-hmm. Which no, like, like uh, yeah, all the dudes that I went in with are fucking retiring. That you know the you ones that heard? stayed at least. Yeah. Never regret not staying. Uh. I mean, there's moments where I'm like, man, I wish I would have stayed in. It was so much fun. And then I wait 30 seconds and I remember the dumb shit. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't like that. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I think it like the things that would have been like happening, like through that time frame, And I'm like, no, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I, I almost went back in when I got out. I had a real rough time when I first got out. Um, I, I had a serious think, think about it, but I opted to not. I So when I got out, I my buddy got me a job at uh, some food warehouse. And like, I didn't uh, care, it was a job. And I fucking hated it, like, but it paid the bills, so whatever, I just kept going. And we decided we were going to quit one day, so we quit. And then I didn't have a job. And, and that just kind of led to a spiral of unfortunate events where like i ended up not having money i tried to start school that didn't work like we just had a so for a series of i'd say six months i was just finding odd jobs to pay rent and keep eating um very very close to like i don't want to say i was like almost homeless but like i was very much headed that path if i hadn't found job hadn't found a job mm-hmm. um so i i was like fuck it like i need a job i need a roof over my head so i'll go back in Right, I was already in, and I was like, I'm not going to go back to the Marine Corps. Um, so I went, I sat outside of an army recruiter's office, and I like had like a mental breakdown. I'm like, I fucking can't, I can't do it, I can't do it, you know, like I can't because it was more like uh, I felt like I couldn't survive on my own rather than going back. It was that you know, I couldn't do it, so like that, that was more the problem that I had. But I ended up getting a job and kind of straightened my shit out. I started school. And I started school for uh, <clears throat> for helicopters, for flying helicopters, because the GMA bill will pay for flight school. And I started flying, and I was coming up for my private test. And same thing happened. Like, I was kind of, I had a shitty job that wasn't really paying the bills. Like, I was, I had BAH from the GI bill, mm-hmm. but it was barely covering all my bills. Like, I was still kind of check to check. 
And I was like, hey, like, I'll go to the army. I'll be a warrant officer. Like, I'll, I already have my, I already started flight school. Like, I'll go fly Apaches or I'll fly a little bird. Like, I'll do something fucking cool. And I went in and I talked to him. And at that point, I had been a mechanic for a while. Kind of, I had tattooed my knuckles and my hands. And I knew the Marine Corps wouldn't take me back because of that. Um, but I also knew that if I went to the Army, I had a better chance of being a warrant officer. I could get into flight school. And even if I didn't, I would still keep my rank. I wouldn't, you know, drop back down or anything like that. Plus, it's the Army, so it's easier. Mm-hmm. And I went out and talked to a recruiter. I'm like, hey, man, like, I want to be a warrant officer. I want to fly Apaches. He's just like, the fuck? Like, who? Are you a pilot now? I'm like, I'm halfway through school. And he goes, cool, let's take some pictures. And he, like, looked into it, and he saw my hands. He goes, fuck, I don't know if it's like you. He's like, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work. Um because they still at the time had their tattoo policy like the Marine Corps did. And I was like, all right, so what do I do? He's like, finish flight school, get all your shit, and then come back. They're talking about changing policies. So by then, we'll get you in a suit. Don't tailor the arms so that when you go to like attention, the sleeves will cover your hands. And then if they say yes, they can't really take it back. I was like, cool, sounds like a good plan. And then I ended up quitting flight school because the VA fucked me. Um, found an, another job. I went to school to do like uh, automotive repair. And then I found out that they had nothing to teach mm-hmm. me. Like I went to the suspension class and I just re- replaced an entire front end on like, some like truck by myself. Like we were supposed to be working. <laughs> and like nobody showed up for my group for one day. And I was just like, cool, I need all of these parts. And when I got the parts, I came back and I just installed, like, name a for name a front end suspension part on like, I think it was a Bronco. Yeah. And I replaced every single in like three hours. I had a whole front end suspension job done. Only thing I didn't know how to do was an alignment. So they walked me over the alignment and they showed me how to do that. And my teacher was like, "Well, it's a rest of your group." I'm like, "I don't know if I can now." He goes do you know what you're doing here? And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, like check it. Like it's, it's bolt on parts. Like I'm not, I'm not reinventing the fucking wheel. Like I take one bolt out. I pull the part. I put the new part in. I put the fucking bolt in. Like, this is not a hard job. And like, he yeah. looked a little insulted and he looks at me. He goes, fuck. Yeah. This is all really good. All right, cool. Throw it on the rack. And then we sent it off. And it turns out it was the guy who founded the college. It was like his, his son or something. You can't order a thousand dollars worth of parts. I'm like, he fucking needs a thousand dollars worth of parts. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want from me. Like, we're not billing hours, so like, he's getting, he's paying twelve dollars for my fucking free labor. Like, get fucked. But I was like, this is boring. Yeah. So then I went to Auto Body. They taught me how to weld, and I'm like, that's all I wanted out of this. So I quit that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just had a welder look at me one day on the. On- a fucking site and he goes hey you want to try this i'm like yeah i've never done it before he goes well, this is what you do and i'm just like all right well, this is great yeah it's not a hard job like the hardest part about welding is setting up your machine that's it i mean he said i had no idea what was going on with that he was just like so this is what you're gonna do you just do this and i'm like cool he's like i mean yeah I was just fucking around one it's a, day. 
That's it. It's just like a little doot, 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 and then you're done. Welding. Well, yeah, he only had me doing like one thing, like just showed me like one technique on like one very specific thing that we were doing. And I was just like, cool. Like, I do not consider myself a welder. I'm like, I could probably like tack weld a few things together if I had to, but I mean, I would not say I'm a welder. No, not, I'm not even a little bit, but I could do the same thing. Like I, I could probably lay a bead, but I don't know how to set up the machine anymore. So I've, I've actually thought about going back to, uh, back to school for that. Only I think I'd just go to that. YouTube for that. I mean, honestly, probably. But if you go to school, I don't have to pay for a welder to or material to fuck it up. Oh, good point. Because I get the nice thing about teaching at the college is I get uh, six free credits a semester. So Ooh. I can just take whatever class I want. So I thought about just because like, I got my associates, I finished that. I didn't pay for. I paid four hundred bucks for transfer credits. That was it. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the degree was either the GI Bill or from working at school. Nice. I thought about it, but I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do when I grow up. Uh, I want to take money and turn it into more money. I would love to do that. Yeah, me too. I did I think about think going smart to school for like, to do that. I thought about going to like business school just to learn how to do that. But oh, fuck yeah. I'm too stupid. <laughs> uh, I got my yeah, it's all fucking now. it's all machines now. Yeah. My wife's my retirement plan, so uh my retirement plan is my brother's kids. Nice. I've already started you know, paying them off. I've already started paying them off. Last time I saw them, I gave them all, I forget if it was like 20 or 40 bucks, but I was just like, hey, you know, remember me when I'm dying. Right. The, old, the oldest one said, don't worry, Uncle Steve, we'll put you in a good home. I said, that's the plan. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Just put Thank me in a you. good home. Thank you. I appreciate you. Well, it also helps that I made them the best tacos they've ever had in their lives. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. What kind? Berea. Oh, it's the one thing I don't know how to make. Oh, I really it's want to so to fucking that. easy. If I you can boil water and then turn down the fucking flame so it simmers, you can make Berea. Matt, that's that's like, on my list of things to learn. Did you do goat or did you do uh, beef? It was it was chuck roast because my brother's still in and he's stationed up in Alaska. So like you know, it's just like I had to bring the fucking peppers with me because they they weren't going to get them. I was and just like telling there. his wife, I'm like, I'm like, here's what I need you to get, and like you know, half the list was spices that she already had in her cabinet anyways. And then it was just like. Chuck and then something with a bone in it. It's just like whatever, we'll figure it out. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, like you know, you make the fucking sauce and then you're just boiling meat until it shreds. It's fair. It never yeah. looked hard. I've just never attempted it. That's that's the thing is like if you can fucking turn a stove on and then walk away, you're there. Like, so the point of it is, is like, you're overfilling that pot with water and then mm -hmm. 
basically that sauce that you make with the guajillo peppers and the onions, cumin and like all that shit, like it's, that's coming out in the solution into the water. All the beef flavor is coming out in solution into the water. And then you're just slowly boiling it down. So like you're leaving the lid slightly off of it so that water can escape, but over the course of like 12, 14 hours and like slow fucking simmer, letting the water come out. So you're not making like condensed, condensed, like it's coming down to fucking just the beef in there because you still want a good amount of water on it, but you want that layer of fat on top. So you can take the fucking tortillas, throw them in that fat on top, then cook those off throw some of the shredded beef in there with it, with the cheese and make the little cheesy fucking beautiful tacos. It's time consuming, but so fucking worth it. Yeah. Like I, I do well with the time consuming stuff. Like the, uh, I got a wild carrot in my ass a while back and I was like, I'm going to make jambalaya. Fuck yeah. Never, never made jambalaya a day in my life. And, and I gave it to, I gave some to her parent, my wife's parents, and then a friend of ours who lived in the South for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's a fair test, you know. And everybody was super into it, so I was just like, "All right, let's do that." I just one day decided I was going to make cornbread. Came out fucking amazing. Like, if apparently I can sort of cook. But then, like, I'll fuck up something super simple. Like, for the longest time, I couldn't cook rice. Like, I would just burn it. I would just fuck it up. And I have no idea why. I'd follow it's directions pretty- to it. It made yeah. no sense. I fucked it up in a rice cooker. Yeah. Yeah. How? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not consistent with rice either, so don't worry. That makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I'm also not like trying to make it all the time. Like, I'm a fucking spaghetti eater, bro. Yeah. You give me spaghetti and meatballs, I am a happy man. Yeah. That's oh, I'm excited so I for fall. Yeah. I'm excited for fall because I get to make the big pot of fucking meatballs and I'm going to be like, mm, fine. I did a while back. I just got, like I said, I was just on this kick where I just started cooking. And I made pasta from scratch, meatballs from scratch, and sauce from scratch. Fuck yeah. And I never attempted any of those things ever before in my entire life. The meatballs came out better than I ever could have dreamed. Yep. Um, I did them in the I did them in the the oven, like I finished them in the oven, and, and I kept the recipe, and then I lost it, and I'm furious because I can't find them. Um, meatballs aren't that hard. You just need the meat, the binder, the breadcrumbs, and then some seasoning of your choice. The game winning move then is to like sear the outside real quick, then throw them in your sauce. And it's the same thing, like I said, with the burrito, which is why I took to the burrito so easily, overload it with water and then let it come down. Same thing, all the meat flavor is going to come out in the solution, and then you're going to lose out some of the water. 
and you're going to get a more concentrated flavor of the meat than whatever else you threw in the sauce. But since you're also, you seared the outside to hold it together and then you're slow cooking it down. So then the inside of the meatball is super fucking tender. I will have to try that. That's how you make a fucking meatball. So I think the problem is that I found separate recipes for all three things. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like that, that connection never occurred, but that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. I might have to try that. I might have to do that. So as you start like cooking and looking into things more, you're going to see that a lot of things are just like the same thing presented in a different fucking package. And it's just finding that the spices that you like and like speak to you and like, you're like, this is fucking great. Like, and then you can like make your own version of that using the principles of that. So if like you find like the science of fucking cooking and the science of doing things and like how different meats respond, like in doing whatever, like everything will start making way more sense and you can just start like riffing away. See, and that's kind of why I want to bypass all of that hard work. And that's why I was going to go to the cooking school. <laughs> So they could just tell me how that works. Yeah. That's one way of doing it. Or you can just fuck around and find out. Yeah, it seems more expensive though. I don't know really. School is expensive. That's how I did it though. I was just like, oh, and then like somebody would say something to me and then, you know, I'd do something else and be like, hey, I did this. And like like, oh, maybe try it like this. And it was just like, I like that way better. Or like learning how to cut an onion fucking faster is just like, oh, if you do it like this, I'm just like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, I got to start doing it. I've been lazy lately, but this one takes up a lot of free time. That is understandable. They're wild. They're way more demanding than I expected. Um, that's because they're completely helpless. Yeah. I keep telling my mom, She's like, babies can't be manipulative. I'm like, ah, I call bullshit. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he understands exactly what's going on. It's like the dog. My dog speaks English. I know he does. He just does. He just chooses not to. You know, like he he knows what I'm saying. He just acts like. Is that is that the magnanimous Versace? Yes. I've heard about him. He's famous on the internet. Yeah, I've been really bad about his Instagram. Yeah. I mean, you did just have a kid. Yeah. Uh, even before then, I was just being lazy. But yeah. He's a, he's a good dog, man. He's a pain in the ass, but he's a, he broke. He somehow pulled a whole blanket through his kennel. And I honestly, I was looking at it like, if you paid me money, I don't think I could have figured it out like he did. Like, so the slats in the kennel are like an inch by by like maybe five inches and he pulled like a full size blanket halfway through and i i it physically makes no sense to me it took me 20 minutes to get it out and 10 of those minutes were figuring out how to get it out. i don't know what he did i have zero fucking clue how it happened it was honestly really impressive he's I just a savage he is he's a fucking monster we got him. He was definitely like the shelter he was at because he hates other dogs. Yeah. Um, so they and he's a pit bull. So um, 
they had we didn't learn this until we took them home but the shelter we were at they had like these little different colored paw things um and the color associates to the dog's behavior and i had no fucking idea nobody told us anything because we walked by him in his little fucking doggy jail cell and he just rolls over you know he folds like a table and he just wants belly scratches and you know we took him for a walk and he's jumping up on us he's looking at like he's a super friendly dog we go by another dog and he kind of barks we're like eh, it's a dog you know um we decide to pull the trigger we're going to take him home we're doing the paperwork and the guy looks through he goes oh i've never seen an orange paw before like, what the fuck does that mean he goes oh it means that he's very aggressive and borderline violent and we look over at him and he's just dead in the eyes just stupid tail wagging, tongue hanging out. We're like, this fucking dog? Like, no fucking way. <laughs> like, bullshit. And, like, he's honestly, like, he is. he loves people, but he will murder another dog. And we have no idea why. Uh, probably something from before you got him that you'll never be able to figure out. Yeah. Just super annoying, because he was definitely somebody's dog. Cause I got him into my apartment. He was crate trained. Like I set up a crate. He went right into it. Um, he's house trained. He was, uh, he still had his balls. So what our theory is, is that he, somebody got him as a puppy and he got a lot of energy and then he probably matured to a point. And there were other dogs in the house and either they picked on him or something happened and they got rid of him. So that was, that's our working theory. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a, he's a great dog. He loves people. Like he's, I don't want to say he's the worst guard dog ever. Like if we're awake and like he knows people are kind of like people are going to be around. Like my mother in law comes over, or whatever. He runs to the door, to bring you a toy. You know, like he is just absolutely worthless. At two a.m., he hears the slightest sound and it is murder. Yeah. He's trying to take out doors and windows to get to whatever sound he heard. So he's hit or miss. Yeah. You know, I'd rather him be good with people than be an asshole. He's good with the kid. You know, so. Yeah. Well, that's fucking pretty awesome that he's good with the kid then, because I was actually going to ask that. How is he with the new baby? Because sometimes dogs don't he uh he's very jealous that he doesn't get the attention that he was getting before um then i do feel bad because like we don't play with him as much because you know we're focused on the kid um but he's he'll climb up on the bed and lay next to him he tries to lick him he's obsessed with smelling him um our big concern our big fear was uh i guess Pitbulls are known to lay on babies, and for no reason okay. other than they just they just want to lay with them, you know. Because like he lays on me, he lays on my wife. Um, he'll sleep on our pillows in the bed, and we'll lay on him. So it's just you know, kind of that's how the relationship is. So I guess pitbulls, and not just pitbulls, but you know, dogs will lay on the baby, and that's just how they are, you know. Um, but the problem is that they're, he's got such a big fucking heavy ass head that they will uh, smother the baby. Yes. So we, we were very, very cautious with that. And he's actually really good about it. Like he'll, 
he'll usually stay about a foot away from him and just keep an eye on him. Like he hasn't tried to climb into his bassinet or he doesn't you know, try and sit on him or anything like that. So he's he's actually done really, really well. Nice. Yeah, I was pretty happy about it. Well, I'm glad to hear everything's working out, bro. Yeah, man, me too. What are your plans for after this? Uh, eat something, go to bed. I'm three hours out of you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah man, go get some food. Go get you something to eat. Hell yeah, I got some chicken prepped and waiting for me. Yeah? Don't they have, uh, don't like they have maple syrup up there? Fuck yeah, man. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Good, good, I mean, maple syrup's good, good, over good. by me, too. Oh, that's right, yeah. It's that whole northeast area, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much from New York, Pennsylvania, Vermont, New Hampshire, I'm sure Massachusetts somewhere. Hell, I've even seen, like, local maple syrup in uh, historic Williamsburg, Virginia. Oh, it's fancy. Yeah. I was just like, damn, they got fucking their own stuff down here, too. It was like, sweet. Good for them. Yeah. I just buy a but like, Buttersworth. Yeah, fuck that shit. It's not even... I got, it's corn syrup. I got no options. They gotta have maple syrup out there shipped in from somewhere. I'm sure... Even Canadian would be okay. Yeah. My wife did have a bottle of Canadian maple syrup for a while, and then we polished it off. And we have the bottle somewhere, but I think she said that the place that made it closed. I thought about getting something mm. for her, but I gotta look it up. Um, that's it. I'm gonna have to like find someone send it to you now. Yeah, let me know. Just let me know the brand. And I'll do some research. Cause mm. I don't know. I mean, it's all syrup to me. I just go to this one store that sells like local stuff. <laughs> yeah, like we just don't have that. Yeah, in Costco. But like it's in Costco. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they have in Costco for maple syrup, but I'm sure they have some real stuff somewhere. Something. I got to do some research, do some looking around. I don't know. I've, I'm, dude, there's no Costco's over by where I live either. That sucks. I love Costco. I hate Costco, but I love Costco. But we do have... Uh, so they're out of Rochester, New York. It's this... Pretty badass grocery store called Wegmans. Mm. And like, they legitimately compete with like Whole Foods and like stuff like that, but they also just have normal stuff too. Yeah. And then they have like a badass, like, uh, you know, like hot food section and sushi and other stuff too. And like, their bakery bread is legit, like, fucking like French breads and stuff. And, yeah, for assaults and like other shit. Like, the place is fucking badass. Like, I don't like them for sandwiches and I don't like their pizza. Their sushi is decent for fucking whatever it costs. But, yeah, like, as a grocery store, like, this place fucking kicks ass. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, and they're out of Western New York. So, but they also go down like all the way into like, I don't know where on the fucking eastern seaboard, at least Virginia. 
Yeah. So there's one of them. And then there's just another shitty fucking thing. And then Walmart. Yeah, you gotta love Walmart sometimes. People fucking bash it, but I just had to defend it to uh, my girlfriend's roommate who's vegan. I'm like, I'll find that I'll find something there that you'll actually eat. She's like, no way. And like, if, she was trying. If Walmart doesn't have it, you don't eat it. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's so true, but she was looking for uh, vegan marshmallows. She couldn't find them. I found her. I found them for her at Walmart, and she was just like, "What the fuck at Walmart?" I, I'm like, "Yep." I 100 percent believe in that. Yeah, because they have an amazing marshmallow section. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I've tried to explain their marshmallow section to people. I'm just like, it's like four feet wide and eight feet tall, and there's like all these different kinds, all sorts of shit you never even dreamed of. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, flavor combinations you didn't even know were possible. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, go check out the marshmallow section next time you want to have a bonfire and have s'mores. They're like, okay. Yeah. But we have been at this for almost three hours, sir. Yeah, man. I was going to say, you got to go eat. I think I got to go change this one. Yeah, I got to piss too. <laughs> All right, buddy. It, was, it was good talking to you, man. It was great talking with you also. We'll fucking definitely do this again. And I'm going to send you more retarded memes too. Done. Sold. That, that will never end. No, never. Not never. You're, you're, you're either number one or two or who receives them on Instagram. I don't, I forget. Yeah. You're, you're, I think yours is like my top three. And then the podcast is like top five. Oh, fuck you're yeah. Two of, you're two of five. <laughs> you're top two in both of them. <laughs> I, feel so, uh, I feel so special. My, my wife is, my wife is number one. That's all we do. It's our main form of communication. That makes sense. I approve. Well, you have a great evening with the child and go make your wife some dinner too. Yeah, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Go get something to eat, get some rest. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to you later. Later, dude. Bye. All right. Bye.